to the ether today is wednesday december 7th 2022 today on the ether lunk to a dollar february 17th 2023 at approximately no nay at exactly 2:45 p.m not financial advice hosted by coach bruce wrangler let's take a listen february 2023 2.45 p.m. One dollar. One dollar Lunk. This will be the day that Lunk achieves a one dollar. Yep, I think that's uh, that's weird. Um, I got February the 18th in my forecast, but it looks like we're kind of zeroing in, in on the same day. Hmm. Let me um, Let me message... Uncle Sefi. Do you remember that guy who did a series, like he had like a microeconomics PhD and he wrote a bunch of reports about how Luna was going to go to like $10,000 losing all yeah. kinds of like macro microeconomic theses and Brownian motion. And like, <laughs> who was that guy? What's he called? I know what you mean. He was yeah. a big, Beardy guy, like 60-odd. Yeah, fucking hell. But I just remember reading it and being like, wow, insane. Like, look at this. Microeconomic PhD has modeled that Luna is going to $10,000 and it's within a confidence interval. And he was like updating it. Like, oh, yes, the oh, bands I, are all accurate. It was awful. I remember his name. Murray. Yeah. Um, Murray Rudd or something? Was yes. That? Yes, that's it. Was we it? need to channel Murray Rudd. Is that his name? Let me look it up. Murray Rudd Luna. Yeah. He was like a... <laughs> he was like some semi-retired guy with too much time on his hand. We just couldn't help but like model things. Uh, oh Jesus! Let's read the Murray Red blog. <laughs> He's deleted them all. <laughs> of course he has. Of course he has. Oh He's my del- god! Let me let me let me send you this. I need to send it to myself as well because I'm on my laptop. I send it to Telegram. <laughs> it's just empty. It's just not a damn thing in this. He was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was wrong. I was very wrong. It went straight to zero. <laughs> Wait, does anything exist? What about a Wayback Machine or something? Is this snapshot it? I mean, let me have a look. 
Let's be let's send it to his institution. <clears throat> it's still up on the Danku R page. Hi and welcome everybody. My name is Danku R hey, and today welcome, welcome. <laughs> I can hear him. I think it's important. That's embarrassing when you when you're a fucking thirty year professor and you're still tricked by Doquan scam coin. Right. You're bringing Jesus Christ. PhD economist. This is what everyone will remember, as well. Like they won't remember his forty years of amazing teaching in the classroom when anybody searches murray rudd they'll find these articles that'll say like luna 1000 with murray rudd's price dynamic model <laughs> yeah. yeah that'll be he's and, and like uh, he's got grandchildren now and they're probably young but they'll probably look him up one day they're like they'll be like who was grandfather murray rudd after he's passed away and this is what they'll find and who predicted Luna 1000 and they'll just like click off respectfully be like oh, I don't think I'll look at that because I want to remember him fondly granddad always told us don't read that don't read those posts he always told us that were lies they were made he, up they're not true he told us he was having a an episode <laughs> the funniest part is on the Danku page it's that scene from um always sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie is crazily pinning all the different um, strings. Oh, no the way. <laughs> yeah, like proving that Luna 1000 is not a meme <laughs> is the fucking title. Let me see. You know what's even funnier? He's deleted his account on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. It's fucking disappeared. The moment oh it crashed, God. he was like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, but it's all here on Danku's channel forever. Yeah. Uh, him explaining how where, where does love, he I love that though it's because like, he had the full realization that he'd lost his own credibility yeah Bruce who exactly are you referring to sorry to interrupt Murray Rudd he was I don't know what his credentials are exactly but he I, was a micro economist economist he was, um, I'm not sure where he was uh, a professor, but he was a uh, like a PhD slash professor of uh, some kind of environmental studies slash economics as well, um, who wrote a, he authored a number of different um, price models. I think one of them was called like the dynamic price model um, for Luna, which predicted that it would go to like a thousand or way more. Um, within a certain time interval, like he was plotting out the future. He was, I think he, the main thing he was plotting was like UST demand and what it would actually do to, to Luna's price in reality and trying to map it out. And he just like made these pretty outlandish predictions that I guess made a lot of people more convicted. You know, I, I based my own investments directly as a result of, of Murray Rudd's work. Um, so... This is probably why he's deleted his account. It's because I was coming to fucking find him. So this motherfucker. So I was just thinking that maybe when Murray Rudd's grandchildren discover his content on 
YouTube in the future or media or the medium articles that he wrote with his philosophies. Um, maybe like inflation will have accelerated so that Luna is $1,000, but that's basically the same as it being like $2 today. Right, I found him. Until 2015, he was at the University of York. He was a senior lecturer. Uh, let me see. Is that in York? Oh, here it goes. Yeah, like, like normal York. Um, environmental economics at the University of York. In 2015, he went to somewhere called Emory University. E-M-O-R-Y. Never heard of it. Uh, let's see his publications. <laughs> wow. What the fuck? Environmental quality? What's I was that? Just, I, I didn't realize he deleted his account, so I was just looking through my DMs because he did message me at some point. No, they would have disappeared now. It was the 30th of August that he last messaged me. And he said, no. this is financial advice. Luna will still go to $1,000. Fucking hell. If I, I, his, his message is actually deleted, but I think he said he was accumulating Bitcoin. Yeah, all of his papers are just totally random. Like, the application of non-market valuation to California coastal policy decisions, 2012. What? What is this? This isn't real. Oh, they're all like that. Is he at the University of York now? No, he went to somewhere called, where is it? Yeah, it's outdated though, it says from September 15th, he'll be at the University of Emory, Emory University. Mm -hmm. But it's not quite clear where he is now, because that was like seven years ago. Let's find out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow the trail, I'm gonna catch mm -hmm. him. I, I think he retired, I think this is, this is like his masturbation after retiring, because his last public, published paper seems to be 2017. Season two yeah. of season two of um Zero X Years coach and Ryan go hunting after we found Fat Man. Could be we could go and try and find Murray Rudd and release it as a mini documentary series through I'm way ahead of you. I'm currently authoring a where the fuck is Murray Rudd post. <laughs> Run it through the AI. <clears throat> Get a tweet thread. I was running the, the, the essays of Paul Graham and I said, summarize this in the style of a children's book. And it's really fucking funny. <laughs> it's like, one day, Y Combinator was looking for investors. Then they discovered that angel investors are the most important sources of capital. And it's like, it's just like this really fucking stupid children's book. And I could imagine uh, writing something like that. So, um, uh, yeah, get the thread going. Where the fuck is Murray Rudd? He is he's in Georgia, right? Okay, Emory University, Georgia. I'm going to mute and keep just following this, following this trail. Season three will be who is Nicholas Flamel? That's me. I'm I'm Nicholas Flamel. Season four, hunting Peter the Terran. I'd appreciate any retweets. I've pinned it at the top. Let's start a witch hunt. I love it. Yeah, he's, he's deleted everything. I mean, I can't even find 
but Emory University in Georgia. What the fuck is this? I, I, believe, I believe people like this should be pursued aggressively. And like, because clearly what has happened is he's been like, oh no, I've lost my credibility. Let me delete everything. How he's just like tried to wipe it all. People like that should be pursued and held to account. People who just leave it and, and are like, I fucked up and post it as a tweet. Like, oh, yeah, I fucked up. Sorry. Should, should be left alone they're innocent but anyone like this who does a runner they should be fucked up and put in a cage with a thousand locusts i found him okay after he went to emory university in georgia he went to the world maritime university in malmo in sweden and then from there he became a consultant in nova scotia he's a consultant in dartmouth and now i think that's where he is he is he's just in nova scotia um I know where Nova Scotia is. I live in Canada. Right. Jay Bear, we need you to go scout some, uh, uh, a property out. We need you to find Dr. Murray Rudd and take photos from your car just to prove that we know where he is. Yeah. Send, me, send me the IP address. I'll be there in a couple of days. Jay Bear, whenever anyone mentions Canada, you have a weird giggling fit and it's becoming strange. Dr. Murray Rudd He's an economics and policy research consultant. He held prior academic appointments at World Maritime University, Emory University, the University of York, and Memorial University in Canada. Prior to his move in academia in 2006, he was a senior economist with Fisheries and Oceans Canada. Wow. Uh, Dr. Abrad made some terrible mistakes in predicting the price of Luna. Over the recent years, much of his time has been spent deleting previous works, which proved to be bullshit. Uh, he blames... Do Kwan, a man from South Korea, for misleading him. Um, and he has a very bold head. His main focus in, is now on policy, salient Bitcoin research and writing. There you go. Uh, I think we should probably complain to his employers. Do you know that this man has a history of inaccurate modeling? I think I'm going to hire him. I'm going to hire him to predict the price of, say, network tokens. Not that I work for them or I'm associated with them. No. I think that's I, a funny idea. I have plan B. Plan B, yes, yes. I need a rainbow chart stat. We need to add more colors. We need to go reckon, infrared, infrared. I reckon that guy caused about a million times more suicides than Doquan ever did. Because how many people believed in that fucking model? This 100K Bitcoin by end of year model he was pushing like endlessly and his 1.2 million followers and everything else. How many people went long because of his modeling and stuff? Enormous quantity. Yep. Yeah, even now people are buying because of the rainbow and they had to add, add an extra color because the rainbow, we've dropped out the bottom of it. So they're like, well, obviously now we've got ultraviolet and we've got pur you know more purples. Like you can't even see all the, the, the spectrum, like the electromagnetic spectrum. The rainbow is just the visible part. So they're adding more and more colors and it, as it drops further and further out of the bottom of that rainbow. So it's pretty disgusting. 
Fucking hell. I found, I found the last couple of days that like something's changed. I think coach, you've noticed as well. I've become much angrier. Um, Everyone's being really confrontational. Did you uh, did you see my post on the Lunkdown about it? Oh yeah, chemicals. Well, yeah. I think it's. It, I had to post something like that because it. Everyone has been. <laughs> what are you posting? <laughs> Is that the Murray Word thing? What? Who's posting? Love me. Up. <laughs> Man, this guy. Oh, deep into them how embarrassing like me and you is we just fucking like threw some money at it and we're like fuck it that could be fun but this guy he was doing his fucking modeling and he's still Mm -hmm. that's embarrassing (laughs) when like when you're not like because there are many different levels of understanding right um probably you had a deeper one than i did at the time because i just like threw some money at it because friends had said like yeah this is gonna be good <laughs> and so i i bought some then i was playing around online and stuff and and pretending to be Susie or whatever just for a bit of a laugh when i was having my poops every day and um but then there's like a a scale of understanding right from the slogan repeaters to more technical to like the builders and whatever but but murray rudd pretended to be right at the top of the level of understanding enough that he was developing his own fucking models how embarrassing like to to claim that level of understanding and be modeling everything and fuck up so majorly how embarrassing we need to hold him to account disgusting disgusting um i'm gonna post his uh orchid uh id on uh on your post i'm gonna comment it like with all of his details and where he is and like where he's been (laughs) I don't, I don't think it's that bad. It's a public page, so. Yeah. Can you, are you going to post it on my, um, on my tweet? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good idea. We need to spread awareness. He's good. probably, he's probably the kind of guy as well who like every week or so searches his own name to check his, there's no leak. He was probably feeling really satisfied with himself when he wiped all the articles and nobody called him out on it. But now like we need to, we need to also have an account like, like, I don't know, like Fat Man Murray or something. You know what I mean? Just dedicated to taking him down. Yeah. Uh, agree. I've just commented the word found found him in capital letters and then the link to uh, to where he is. You know, the reason I first invested in Luna, do you want to know the real reason? It's because, you probably don't, but I can tell you, the reason was that I was reading the Masari uh, thesis for 2021 or whatever, whatever, whichever year it was. And I counted, like, I went through and it was like each, each researcher had their list of things that they'd bought. And I counted like, okay, they've all bought Rune. Okay, I'm going to get some Rune. Um, like two of them have got Luna. That seems good. I'll get some Luna. And I just based it on that. And then I, I, uh, I took some to Terra Station. I was like, oh, this is a nice wallet. I'm going to buy some more. So I'm just buying a bit more, <laughs> just like pretty much just uh, on the basis that the guys at Masari had bought some and uh, and the rest was history. So completely on a whim, the best decisions are made on a complete whim with no analysis or deep thought. And that's my advice for the day. Mm. Yeah, I think everyone invents a story looking backwards, don't they? 
like when it starts doing well, they're like, yeah, 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 me, me. I, I understood. I understood the the concept of like that that crypto needs a stable money and needs a decentralized stablecoin. Like I understood that because you need a, you need like on a basic level you need a stable store of value or a medium of exchange that makes sense like for for all the basic functions of money and it makes sense that there isn't one right now and that if there is to be true crypto it needs the features of both stability and decentralization and there clearly wasn't that but like in terms of how it worked exactly um, and if the the model was truly resilient and stuff like that I didn't have a fucking clue when I first put money yeah. In. Yeah, buy first. And then I was watching Do Kwon like pitching, like I went on YouTube, like, you know, who's this guy? And he was like in some cafe in, in uh, South Korea explaining like payments and uh, e-commerce and using UST. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And he was like, oh, better to spend, better to save. And I was like, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. All right, let's buy some more. Like that was kind of like the as far as it went. Like there was no um, economic mm. modeling. Yeah, I think there's it, probably with good investment in DeFi, there's like a, a feedback or a kind of a progression where you have to you ape some in to start with, and then like with time and part of the time comes from investing in the first place because if you don't invest something, you're not very motivated to learn. <laughs> so it's like it's like through the investment you you purchase your own willingness to research it, which is kind of funny, right. So then you get dudes like spending like they'll they'll buy a thousand dollars of lunk, and then they'll go and sit in spaces for eight hours a day, talking about holacracies and stuff like that. Oh yeah, it's it's just I, I was commenting on that earlier. You probably read it's it's like bizarre when somebody invests say a hundred dollars into a coin, the amount of time they spend checking it, because like as soon as I. <clears throat> and I, this is one of the funny things I thought since like I first got into crypto in the first place. It's like as soon as you buy a little bit of a coin, it's weird how your attention gets warped to that thing. It, it really focuses in because as soon as you have money, you're like, what's going to happen? Is it going to go up? Is it going to go down? Like, are there things I need to watch out for? You're checking all the time because you don't know like if some big bad news is going to come out or some good news is going to come out or like or, or just in general you you start to develop like this social meaning and sense of loyalty like a tribal loyalty to the thing and you want to keep updated and you're like a member of the group now yeah yeah you know and, and you start posting hashtags because you also want to pump your own bags and you feel a little, a little bit of like um devotion and loyalty to it you know you gotta you gotta help the tribe and all of that stuff's crazy because um, for an initial investment that's so small, somebody can spend enormous quantities of time. Like if you look at the Lunk investors now, probably the majority of them have, I, I think I managed to work it out actually in terms of staking and, and um, the, uh, in, in terms of the total amount of people who created wallets and staked on the Lunk blockchain and the average amount of Lunk they had. And it's something in the region of like $200, $300. So it's really not much. So think about this, like, so these people have like a $200, $300 investment on average, and they're spending like two hours a day on these Lunk live spaces or whatever Lunk spaces discussing things. And they're not discussing anything. Like they're getting nowhere. They're just effectively doing a very long drawn out morale boost every single day, investing like hundreds of, by now in six months time, investing effectively hundreds of hours of attention to Lunk. Um, on the basis they they invested to start with a few hundred dollars, that's pretty crazy. Um, it, it becomes even more interesting when you have like 
a group of intelligent people because then they start producing stuff and like the the narrative around the coin and whatever else and and like if you're half smart as a founder you can start to use that ongoing attention right it's it's like a fascinating thing i like that you found your own tweet saying at the oh, time no, it was someone like else did. someone else oh. i got it got it uh, liked by someone just now <laughs> nice <laughs> Nice. So much for Murray Rudd's modeling. Smells like a Ponzi to me. Ironically, at the time, that was probably uh, tweeted to, I don't know, inspire a reaction from the lunatic crowd because at the time, calling it a Ponzi or saying you're going to sell Luna was like a crime and you'd be thrown out of the club. But now it's like, no, that was true. Um, oh, yeah. And you, were, and you were just calling it out for what it was, which was a, an actual Ponzi. Yeah, I got I got blocked and unfollowed on mass. I'm unfollowing you. We, we're we're trying to build the future here. What are you doing? Um, I got blocked a fuckload. For me, like humor and and just contradictory positions was always kind of an NFA as well. You know what I mean? Like now, I, I'm not to blame at all. Um, you know what the lunk people are doing to me? They're like, "What's your position? What are you invested in? Do you like lunar or lunk?" Do you think Lunk is going up or down? Like, what, what, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, that was exactly the same for Luna, right? Um, I never really had a clear position. I was just having fun around it, and you could argue that the generation of fun and attention and stuff like that is super helpful to the ecosystem. But at the same time, you can generate engagement and fun in a way that isn't, um, isn't very, very clear in its stance and isn't particularly convicted. Um, it, it remains kind of ambiguous and and kind of pokes fun at it and stuff like that. Like I was posting stuff as well. I remember my my tweets, like a lot of them. One of them was like, if you're going to invest in Luna, um, take the approach of a samurai. Like samurais, when they first, <clears throat> when they go into battle, they accept the fact that they're already dead before they go into battle. And this fact of being already dead or accepting the fear of death means that your peripheral vision kind of opens up and you see your enemies coming and you're you're more relaxed and more capable of fighting and stuff like that um so like i was like if you're going to invest in luna imagine that the whole thing's blown up already <laughs> like i was saying saying these kind of statements all the time they're like what what are you talking about that's how dare you say that but then you know like that's that is the right approach truly and that's what happened a couple a couple of posts that stand out in my memory are ones where there'd been a dip in Luna uh and and then it's and then it you know and it started to go up again and you you'd be like me and a group of whale friends all dumped our Luna and manipulated the price and now we've just bought back in again and we've made millions of dollars from all you people that dumped your Luna uh, in that dip and stuff like that. And you were just like, people were just so triggered, like thinking that it was real. Yeah. I used to like um, lifestyle adjustment posts as well. I really liked those. Like, <laughs> I think I shared one of them in the GT chat uh, like a while back. Um, it's like um, the, the price of Luna has gone down. Um, Therefore, my girlfriend is losing attraction to me, um, and like I'm gonna have to. Pro I'm probably getting dumped soon. And then the price of Luna would go up from like seventy to ninety-five or something. And I'd post like, "Hmm, now the price has gone up to ninety-five. I'm kind of losing attraction to my girlfriend. I kind of, I kind of like thought she was pretty attractive when I had about like, you know, when when Luna was at seventy-five. But now my net worth has gone up. I realize I can upgrade. So like, I'm gonna dump her today." <laughs> <laughs> 
And I, I, I was like, I did a series of about 20 posts where I was like, I kept dumping and uh, I kept dumping my girlfriend and then like losing attraction to her and then begging to take her back and stuff. It was like this weird ongoing drama where my attraction to her was completely modulated by the price and my net worth. That was real though, right? Yeah, it's all real. Hey coach, um, I don't know if you pay any attention to Cardano and their ecosystem, but I think you might find it quite interesting because they're, uh, they're developing quite a few decentralized stable coins. And I know that's something you find particularly interesting. I like the idea of it, but I've given up on a lot of things, Jebba. What things have you given up on, coach, and why? Decentralized stablecoins, uh, women, the the possibility of being loved, um, the the possibility of gaining muscle as somebody over the age of twenty five. Have you considered uh, Botox or steroids? Yes, I've done it all, but it hasn't worked very well. Why do you think that is? I think it's my attitude, Jebba. I think my attitude sucks. I think you need to just watch a couple of good Andrew Tate videos to get you in the mood, and uh, you'll be in tip-top shape in no time. Xerox is, have you noticed that when the, the Lunk regulars who are in the Lunk live spaces and other such spaces come into here, they're often afraid to come up to the speaker's panel and they lurk down there. Look at Lu Kwan and look at Anne and look at these other people. They're lurking down there fearfully. They're afraid to come up to the stage. We Maybe shouldn't be fearful. We need to recreate some kind of like um, like a diamond hands experience. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like maybe, um, would you be comfortable saying some things that are reminiscent of diamond hands? Yeah. Um, I don't think I, I've actually listened to him talk before. Let me think. What would he say? He would say something like, you know, despite all this chaos with the wallets and all the chat on Twitter, <clears throat> we need to remember we're all here for one reason, and that's to bring Lunk up and to raise the, or the rising tide will bring up all ships. And we should remember that the future is going to be built by people like us. And we are the investors in the next wave of technology that will bring decentralized money outside of the state. Does he say that? No, okay. you're getting way too nerdy. Oh, what does he say? He'd be like, he'd be like, we have the brightest minds in crypto on the Lung blockchain. So he's a lawyer. We just got to, we just got to use them all, put them together, so we can move this forward. And I know it's going to happen. I can feel it in my bones. Got it. He's more of a feeling. He's um he's like the yeah like the the mm, like a feeling based pasta kind of thing. Ah, got it, got it. All right, so you're like you got a congregation. There. Yeah, and it's always very optimistic. You know, we we're gonna get there. It's like you can tell that if it ever doesn't get there, he'd be he'd be crushed. No, no, it will it will get there. It just hasn't got there yet. So like it won't it won't not get there. Just to wait longer.
when long to two hundred dollar? Uh, the seventeenth of April, two thousand and twenty-three. You know, Jebe, you just inspired me for the first time ever to look up Cardano and just to see what apps are on it and like how much liquidity is on it. There's um, not much liquidity on it, but there's a lot of say that. But it has thirty times more liquidity than Terra Classic does, uh, of which mm, half of it is on something called MinSwap. Which looks That's like a cat their biggest, it's like their biggest dex, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's like a cat themed dex. Um, and I'm just looking at it now. Everything is denominated in Cardano tokens, which is fucking frustrating. That's like <laughs> volume, 24 hour volume, 48,000 Cardano. It's like, what is that in real money? Like, yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of very interesting thing happening in Cardano right now, and there's uh, there's a lot of really cool videos being put out by input output and just a lot of interesting research like uh ouroboros laos is coming out soon and so is hydra and all these very interesting technologies i'm trying to keep up with all of them yeah we get it man you're turning your back on lunk i was never part of lunk coach yeah that's what you say now you turned mm-hmm. your back on lunk. coach it's okay i was never part of lunk but i always loved you Thumbs up if you remember Jebe being a clear part of Lunk and he's now betrayed it. If any of you bastards thumbs up, I'll kill you. I'd never heard uh, of this Jebe guy until you started doing Lunk spaces, so. Yep. He was always in here fucking shilling Lunk. And then he, as soon as like two weeks after staking happened, he fucking sold after the pump because he didn't really care about the long term community like I did and like um, Xerox Ears did and like you did, Ryan. All he cared about was a quick flip. He took advantage of other people um, who actually wanted to build something, wanted to build the future of Lunk, and he just made a quick fucking flip. Just, I don't know, man. It just, And then pr- to, to do that is one thing, but then to pretend you never did it, that's even worse. Yeah, I was never part of Lunk, but uh, I will say that me and Xerox years, we hacked a couple bridges together and had some fun doing that, and now we're uh, living it up in the Alps. I wish you'd stop taking uh, the uh, the credit for that, Jair Bear. I really do. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm going to invest in Indigo, the CDP protocol on Cardano, because it's gone up 17% in the last week, and it seems like the only useful thing on it. So, uh, you should look into uh, Charlie Three. That's one of my favorite projects on there. They're building decentralized nor- um, Oracle nodes. Really cool project. Yeah, I don't know. It does like surprise me that so... a lunkhead would come here and chill Cardano. Like that's yeah, I don't get it. What's your problem, man? Me? Yeah. What is your problem? Turn your back on Lunk, and now you want to try and take our liquidity? Yeah. How dare you? I know where you live, Chair Bear. You just told us. Yeah, and can I just point out, Jeb, it's very rare that Luke Wong gets pissed off. So for him to be pissed off at you is, a, is an exception, and it means that you've really done something wrong. He should be angry more often. He's quite a horrific-looking individual. Thank you. With his green skin and his wannabe lightsaber-looking ass. I mean, I don't think the color of my skin really matters, but... uh yeah, it's very, it's very often. 
you know who I miss, Luke? Yeah. I miss your I miss your um spiritual soulmate, Y Pump. Yeah, she hasn't been too active lately. Um I mean she's been in and out of spaces, but she's more focused on eating chicken nuggets and work uh working out than to uh be here on Twitter spaces. Do you think there's something you do to offend her? Uh no. No, not me. Not at all. What about you, Xerxes? Do you think you offended her? No, I don't think so. Uh no, I don't think we offended Y Pump. I think she went through a few phases. She was like Do Kwon with her face for a while. And then she embraced her femininity and became a woman in her profile picture. But now I think she's just kind of given up. She's just got nothing left to get from Twitter spaces, which I understand, you know. She probably has like a job and stuff. So fair enough. You know, you got to go back to that. Oh, I know. Um, I know Y Pump's uh, MBTI score, her Myers Briggs. She is also an ENFP. Xerox is. That so doesn't surprise that, me. Yeah, she she and she seemed very much that way, which is I think why I asked in the first place. But she she must flow from thing to thing, three month passions, giving everything, giving her whole heart, and then her heart running dry, and having to move on. It's um the nature of ENFPs. It certainly is. I'm putting my mini burgers into the oven now. Ooh. How lovely. Years. I'm very excited. Are they sliders? I think that's what you call them. You know, the mini burgers. Like you get like eight of them or something. Oh, what uh what kind are they? Mm, I don't know what what's the name? Look. Eight mini Aberdeen Angus beef burgers with um, Mexicana cheese. Oh, that sounds pretty good, man. Question for you, coach. I was hoping you would do like a filler. I'm just doing, <laughs> I was I hoping you would do a filler where you were doing like a diamond hand speech or something. Well, yeah. look, we've got enough clever people in this ecosystem, by gosh. So why don't we just smash them together, mix them up in a bowl and create something useful. Now, my question to you is, when you describe the burgers, there's two things you didn't mention, and I wonder if that's on purpose. The first thing mm. was that they have barbecue pulled beef inside them, um, and the second thing is that it's Tesco's finest, right? You're now, right. Why did you omit the fact that it's Tesco's finest? Is that because you didn't want us to feel less, like you can afford Tesco's finest while I'm here eating like little basics? I think that overall, um, based on the research I did earlier, remember I described that the average investor in Lunk has around $200. So based on that, we can quite accurately start to plot the average income and net worth. And I think it's fairly low overall. And that's not an insult. It's just a fact. So I think for me to be advertising that I'm eating these premium brand supermarket foods would be, I don't know, just like a like me stabbing them all in the heart and I don't want to do that I want to be their friend even if it is only an appearance in terms of the uh, BBQ pulled beef that is uh, entirely my mistake but I'm quite pleased that you told me because it mm -hmm. looks even tastier yeah that sounds pretty good um, 
I don't know, I've had some, what have I eaten today? I've had some pasta and I've had some Huel. You'll be pleased to hear. I, you know what I do now is I mix the Huel with my breakfast cereal and then I put a scoop of protein shake in it as well because I'm trying to get my overhead press up and I need the calories. Mm. Um, what are your barbell lifts, Luquan? What can you bench, squat and deadlift and maybe overhead press? Uh, everything. Oh, come on, Luquan. Let's be specific here. We're a gathering of men. We can talk about our barbell lifts. Or maybe in the past when you were like uh, doing more army shit or whatever. Yeah, no, I could bench any, everything. Everything uh, at the same time. By the way, Xerix is, I spoke to someone who knows Doquan in real life. And he said, there's no fucking way he benches 140 kilograms. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure anymore. I said to I said to this person who knows Doquan quite well, um, Doquan mentioned he he benches 140 kilograms the other day. Can you verify that? And they said no fucking way. He's not athletic at all. I I cannot imagine him doing that ever. So I'm no longer sure. Like he looks kind of stacked in some of his photos. Yeah. This is a weird little data point. Like like they were yeah. they were really passionately arguing no way, no way. Hmm. Yeah, I always thought Doe, I mean, Doe, when I looked at him, you know, that shot with in the, in the, the black t-shirt, I was like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe he can, he can bench 140. Like, you, you can't really tell sometimes. Like, you, you were sending me those videos of those weird little, weird little guys, <laughs> little Asian guys overhead pressing 100 kilos for eight reps. And it's like, well, you know, well, it that's was a side. It was a side picture. And, you know, like, from a side picture, you could you know, push your arm up against your side and kind of get the impression that you have mm -hmm. bigger arms. Um, in, in the thing you need to know about Doquan is like, how much does he weigh? Or what's been his peak weight? I'm not really sure. I'm not even sure of his exact height or something. Do you know his height, Ryan? We could probably model his weight more it, accurately. It, it's about, I think he's 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, I've heard between I've fucked like a fuckload of people now and I've heard between five nine and six one. So people are fucking stupid. What's going on guys? We're talking about uh weightlifting here. Just okay, I'll I'll humor you wabby. <laughs> based, based on the pictures of Doak One you've seen in the past. Right. What do you think his max bench ever, one rep max has been? <laughs> well before I answer that um I'm sure, I'm sure ryan has heard me talk about this many times but um yeah he can probably do 140 um i know a couple of girls in in, in my gym that do 140 dude that's that's not really anything anymore we talk kilograms right 315 yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's not really anything dude um oh it definitely is <laughs> like if you go into the average commercial gym you will not see you will see a couple guys like one out of 10 repping a hundred kilograms or something. Um, I've been in loads of popular yeah. Okay. It's, it's a rarity. You know, I, when yeah. I was benching like a hundred and, uh, you know, when I was benching 300 pounds ish in the past, I was really the only one in the gym ever doing that kind of thing, except like some huge people. It, uh, it, it also, it also factors in like your fast twitch muscles, dude. Like, um, if, if, if you so-called like lift the weight fast, like you take it in as a more of like a velocity type lift because a bench press is a lift. It's not an exercise. 
And if you perform it correctly, everything from your cla- from your calves to your upper back to your traps, your forearms, um, they, they all work in conjunction. And the bench press isn't even necessarily just a push lift. Uh, you, there's well, an unrack. What is this? Like some kind of weird fancy thing? No, no. Like the bench press is a is a push pull. Yeah, you, you, I know you, what's happening in your head, man. You're imagining like a naked man progressive. No, no. You're imagining back into a bow and like how beautiful <laughs> that, and the way that the, the the initiation of the thrust of his legs into the floor causes a ripple up his entire body, a, 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 a serial contraction of all of his muscles going upwards, and then it firing off the platform of the lats up into the air. Whoosh, the J curve perfectly. Wow. Yes. 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 Yeah. So, so with uh, with the bench press, essentially, uh, you pull it in uh, to your lower chest, um, and then you explode with some leg drive. That's one technique, and then uh, a second technique is a bit more of a uh, more hey, strict. Man, stop it. We don't need a, we don't need a damn tutorial. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like, like when I'm, like, like the fact do- is that. It, that a, a 315 bench for a guy, especially some kind of nerdy dev, is an absolute rarity. It's a rarity among normal populations. You're talking like less than 0.1% of men who go to the gym can do that. Maybe Army Doquan might have been able to achieve it. Was that true, Ryan? Because I know one of your guys said that like he was in the army and like I, I, I believed it. Is that true for real? There's a there's a Dokon in the army photo that's knocking around. I think uh, all South Koreans have got mandatory military service. I think it's I'm not sure exactly what it is. It might be like six months or something. But he's looking in tip top condition in that uh, army photo. It's always Dokon this, Dokon that with you people, with you raggedy bunch. How about you learn acoustic guitar and then we all have a space where we all play acoustic guitar together. Instead of this gossip for boys. All right, we'll do that. So, um, are we asking how much we? Uh, what are the questions, Coach? Um, the bench press, the overhead press. Is that what uh, the questions were? You're no, like a round table thing. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> All right. Sing for us, ears. I'm not going to sing. There's absolutely no fucking way I'm going to sing. Because if I start singing, Robbie's going to die. Dude, you will, nobody will ever hear a singing voice from me on Twitter ever again. Ever. King Bobby, can you sing for us? I am never going to sing another song on the internet ever again. Like, Why? ever. Why? What happened? Who who did something? Did they leak it? Did you sing a song for a girl and she posted it on Twitter and said hashtag Wabinator can't sing? What happened? What did you say Wabinator? Yeah, Wabinator. <laughs> Golly, the Wabinator. Oh, the other day, you know Kate, the um, the girl I was trying to set you up with. The Don't, other day, I'm not, I am. I refuse to speak. Uh, if, if we're going to talk about her the other day um, she said she thought she got over you but then she decided she probably hasn't but she might just be ovulating so like there's something Coach, around her head still 
<laughs> Coach, we're not going to go into that. I would rather not. Please do not. Like, I would rather not even the mention of that. She's very pretty, and she's definitely got the swag. She's definitely she got you at the gym. I'm, 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 I'm not, not going to say anything. Godly. I'm not saying anything. It's like, okay, here's the description. It's like there's a bowl, and there's a chocolate in the bowl, and I'm saying you can eat the chocolate if you like. I'm okay, dude. I'm all right. It's all right, but it's between you and the bowl. The bowl? <laughs> I, I don't have anything to do with the bowl, man. Like, the bowl is there, and the chocolate is in the bowl, and you can eat it if you like. I'm it's good, like... dude. I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay, coach. I'm okay. I'm all right. Wabi was a chocolate from an English uh, chocolate box. He would be a quality street strawberry. Or maybe a toffee penny. I think he's more like a coconut chocolate. Dark chocolate and coconut. Jebba, you're very rude because Lunk 808, Lunk Validator was trying to speak. I'll gladly speak over Lunk 808. Oh, that's fine, brother. Don't worry about it. So we were talking about the bench press thing, right? So... Back in the day when I go, used to go to the gym and I was 76, 77, 78 kilograms in my peak, right? I My personal record was including the bar, right? Let's say the bar is 20 kilos and then I would have on both sides 20, 20, so 40, 40 and then a bar. So if that counts as 100, I think I did it like five times, but then yeah. I never went above that. No, that's really good. That, I mean, that's that's like decent. Like to to be repping a hundred kilograms makes you officially like strong. I would say. I think most of it came uh, through calisthenics because I I'm not like buffed, but I mean um, I could easily pull my weight up and down the bar multiple times. Are you big into calisthenics, Lunk? I used to be. It was fun, but then um, I got issues with my shoulders and wrists. What's like the most advanced calisthenics move you can do? Can you do like planche push-ups? Um, planche? I've never tried that, but what I could do is when you uh, pull yourself up and then you turn, you do a 360, and then you hook onto the bar again. That's, that's what I used to do with the, with the people that were outside at the time. Because I don't know, I think it was cool. But I mean, I think I suppose um, that that wouldn't be that much of an issue because the core, I, I trained it for a long time. Yeah, very cool. The um, the thing I was debating earlier, uh, Lung Kateway, is that Do Kwon has claimed to be able to bench 140 kilograms. Right, so that's like three plates on either side. Um, he claimed this, and somebody else claimed claimed to have verified that he's done it. And we're talking now, like, is that likely? Like, based on his pictures and what we know about his weight and height and stuff, and his background, and like how much of a nerd he is. Like, do you think that actually happened? Some of us aren't sure. And like, we've heard, I've heard, I talked to one of his personal friends, and they were like, "No way." Like, no way he's just too unathletic to do that but i'm not sure they might have not known him like going back 10 years it might be possible i'm not sure 
Honestly, coach, I, I haven't seen his pictures, so I wouldn't be able to confirm or deny anything. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's very simple, right? If if he claims that he can bench 140 kilos, which is very impressive, right? I That's something I've never been able to get to. I, I'm telling you, with 100, I was literally struggling and I never wanted to go past that just to avoid injuries. So if he's able to do it, just, you know, a video would be cool to see. Honestly, that's impressive. Hi, Sefi. Hey, all of you freaks. Hey. Can I point? Language. Can I confront you now, Sefi? Jesus, now what? The confrontation is this. Whenever you are ill or you're poisoned or you have some kind of weird respiratory illness that you've contracted from your patients, you always become either more nerdy or more aggressive. And it's like your your nervous system has less bandwidth for right brain thinking, and it defaults instead to more analysis this and more direct. I can't tolerate this bullshit today. Aggression. Exactly. Like like this is this is like your reversion state. Sophie, if you could beat up anyone in this space right now, really pummel their face in, who would you choose on the speakers panel? Is it possible to set fire to the Twitter spaces? Yeah, yeah, totally. What happened yesterday, Sefi? I messaged you on Telegram twice. I was like, "Are you okay? Are you okay, Uncle Sefi? <laughs> are you are you feeling better? Were you you said you were like sick to your stomach or something? What happened? Did you find out? Mm, I seem to have survived it." But no, there's no special. I don't know. Everything seems to be okay again today. We'll see how it goes. I have a question, Sophie. Is it in the upper part of your stomach or the lower part? <laughs> mm. Yeah, it was just kind of like one of those days where your body empties itself. Yeah, it's not fun. Are you in a hospital right now, Sefi? Are you hooked up to some monitors? Because <laughs> I can hear some beeping in the background. No, those beeps are the Christmas cookies cooking in the oven. Oh, see, you're just letting them burn. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're just like finished rolling them out with a pin and making little Christmas trees and stars and shit. And all of those things. Now it's like they have to be, uh, what do you like? You have to put frosting on them and everything and give them to friends. Mm. Xerox is, can I point out something? You can. Steffi is experiencing the same level of irritableness and aggression as you. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That is weird. We're all really irritable and angry and straight to the point at the moment. Wait. I was going to make a joke about Sefi adding raw chicken to his cookies, and that's why he was sick, but I was too cross to make it. Wait, do you think I, I'm also the same way? I think I'm fairly immune, but maybe I'm not. Mm, earlier on, you were, you were uh, saying one of my ideas was fucking shit. Fucking terrible idea. Oh, just give up now. No, I was just saying that it, the dimwits might not appreciate it. It wasn't a criticism to you. It was more that the dimwits might not understand. No, it's all right. I understand the context. It's fine. I always imagine you uh, delivering the messages that you, that you write in Telegram. If you were to speak to them, they'd be in a very calm and neutral voice. So it's fine. Thank you. I feel pretty calm. I, I hope that maybe we can all heal together. Um, well, I think all... what happens is like, oh, sorry. 
like no go on i was going to say sometimes what happens is like one person in the group is is moody and then that kind of ripples out to everyone um but but i'm not sure who was the first person if it was you xerox or if it was sefi one of you is guilty for for damaging the group with the uh you've you've poisoned the morphic field of the group I think it's Sefi's illness, to be honest. I think it's his terminal disease that he's got in his lungs at the moment because I would say Xerxes was in a good mood this morning when he was walking the dog. Maybe the dog might have caused it by doing a double poo because that was a wild card move and definitely wanted to throw a spanner in the works. But other than that, um, it might be the moon. My dog went mental. So like after the I left the Twitter space, after the double poo, I took him back and he trotted ahead and waited by the door to go in. And he's wearing his coat, like I said. And um, and suddenly out of nowhere, he just went ballistic like like zoomies. And if you've ever seen a greyhound having zoomies, it's pretty spectacular, like like legs everywhere. Except the problem was that the coat kind of fell off and he got caught up in his own coat and he was just like spinning around. And uh, he went mental. So maybe my dog started it. Um, I filmed it. It's on uh, Instagram, but I can't share it with you all because it will dox me. Oh, could you could you send it? Could you send it to me on Telegram if it's a video or something? Sure. Then I can enjoy it and maybe do a reaction. I want to see it. I want to see it. Why do you always only send stuff to Coach Bruce and never to me, Zero Access? Because we have a boyfriend. We have a deal. (sighs) How's your sister, uh, Fluffinator? Is she safe back from the mountains? Yeah, she's good. Um, it was pretty messed up of me to go up to my room and join this space. Um, oh, she's coming upstairs now. Maybe she can even say hello to you. And she can be like, oh, you're still on that weird Twitter space thing. She came on our spaces before, but lately you've been hiding her from us. She used to come on at the same time where we were like, oh, you sound alike. You sound like you both sound like the t- same kind of decrepit person wait she's disconnected well hey Sefi here's a question Sefi you prepared for a question okay go for it if you found out you had one year to live would you allow me and ears to visit you in your hospital bed Mm. Uh, would you help clean up after me? Yeah, yeah, I'd stay for like a week and just help and teach you some Tibetan Buddhist meditation things and do some special prayers and uh, share stories and things. I think I should come to the UK for the summer, by the way. Is the weather nice there in the summer? Do you mean next summer? Mm, yeah, 2023. Yeah, you can you can explore a lot. You could come and find me. It should be funny. Um, no, it's nice. Have you ever been before? Have you explored? No, any? not at all. I, I have to schedule something for the summer. That's what I'm asking. No, it's really good. Yeah, you can um, you can do a little tour of all the the energy hotspots. <laughs> the the stone. Because <laughs> people uh, said like uh, maybe. Like Italy might be really hot for the summer, like July, August, like that time. Mm. So maybe UK or Switzerland or something might be better. 
Yeah, or you could do some kind of tour, I guess, like Switzerland and um, I don't know. You could go through like Switzerland, like, like three weeks. Like three weeks is a good time. Yeah, I think so. There's a lot to see. If you come to the UK, go go all over. Basically, go to like Edinburgh yeah. and all these different places. There's a load of really beautiful places. Yeah, like Newcastle itself. <laughs> Doncaster, I would recommend. Yeah, go to Donny. Tor- is it possible to go where like Chugs is and like maybe kick him in the nuts or something? Yeah, I th- is he here? Or is it known? I don't know. Like, he's London proper or what? Or he used to be? I think no. he lives in Liverpool. I think he lives in Liverpool, yeah. And he, he probably, he's one of those guys that like probably looked at the, the, the tables of like, rent cost versus quality of living and has optimized for it somehow he's got probably got a very low rent or something like that um actually he's probably the guy who would have like saved five thousand pounds every six months for the last like 10 years in some recruitment consultant job and has now put down his deposit for a property and is really really proud about it and everybody who's been to london knows that uh south london is the safest and uh, <laughs> nicest part of London. Correct. Yeah, Croydon and Peckham, these places. So there's certain areas that are like, like the freaks come out, or what? Like, like you're supposed to avoid them, or what? What's this, what are you trying to say? There, there are places where you have like a, a larger than fifty percent chance of getting stabbed. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That aggressive, huh? London is, it's better to name the spots that are nice to go to than the bits that aren't. I'd say like West London, pretty calm. Like if you want to, if you want to, I don't know, Richmond. Kind of stay around like Leicester Square. Yeah. And then sort of filter into zone one, like zone one tourist, tourist, tourist land. And then just hang out in the West. Don't go east. Who's most likely to like stab you? Like these royalty types? Are we talking about like little enclaves (laughs) of like freaks or what like what like, what do you avoid in the uk well it's... their their number one weapon is basically their own car and uh most of them don't care uh the damages that come out from uh you know them trying to basically kill somebody but then you'll see people walking around with like sticks and baseball bats and shit uh and then uh shanks um with sticks like they just sharpen a stick or like beat you with it <laughs> I don't know. It's not sounding too appetizing so far. Yeah, they walk, I, I lived in um, South London for a couple of years, and yeah, they walk around with big knives and shit, man. They're um, so I've seen like a, a group of people running past with like massive knives. I've seen that a couple of times. Um, so this is South London, no, no bueno. Yeah, I've seen a guy throw like a Molotov cocktail kind of thing in a, in a white van, which I didn't really understand hey, why. Jesus. Yeah, uh, you didn't really, like you didn't really stop Detroit. to get the details. It's, it's like the Detroit of... Yeah, it's, it's pretty rough at times. Um, I fit in because I'm like on that way as well. And I, I'm quite territorial and stuff. And like if anyone gets on my turf, then they're going to have a problem. What but... was your postcode? Jesus, what was my postcode? I lived near Camberwell when I was there. In uh, near Brixton. 
like halfway between Bristol and Camberwell. Bruce, uh, oh, sorry. Straight on, bruv. That's, the, that's my ends. I'll shank you up. Bruce, do you find that London's been a very violent place for a long time, or has it only been in the recent years? Um, I don't since know. Since the Romans, really. Since the Romans. Ever since then, it's been downhill. It's my opinion. So what about these Scottish people? Are they always like trying to wage war or are they like defending against the Vikings or what? What are they doing? Thinking mostly. I've, I've, I've seen movies about this sort of thing. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to decide where to take you on a tour to, Sefi, when you arrive. Um, probably take you to Stonehenge. <laughs> and then we'll head up to uh, to Scotland, and I'll take you to Edinburgh. You have to do like a special meditation yeah, session there or the something zoo. at the Stonehenge. Wait, there's nothing interesting between Stonehenge and Edinburgh. I think you could probably do Bath, Bristol, Stonehenge, Cambridge, maybe. Then, I mean, that's kind of fun. You're such a posh boy. No. It's just you want to see interesting stuff, go and see interesting stuff. You, if you want to go to Aylesbury, you can do that too. Um, hey, hey Bruce, when you take him to Edinburgh, just take him to the zoo. Mm, okay. And uh, while you're out that way, kind of stop at, uh, what is it, Holy Island? Oh no, I burnt my burger. Fucking hell. Is it difficult to kind of like roam around, uh, just like grab a car and then roam the country? Or is it like, uh, is driving a pain in the ass and finding a place to park and like finding rooms and things like that? Is that pretty easy or is it like totally booked up usually? Like rooms and stuff like that. If you go last minute. You'd probably struggle um, in major cities. Like, I mean, maybe you would, I don't know. I've never tried it. You, you probably just want to book ahead, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm not intending to stay in like tents and shit like that, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not living out the land or like killing deer and like. Yeah. I don't know. I've yeah. seen like this Robin Hood thing. I've seen uh, King Arthur. I'm not doing all that shit, right? I'm just going for like sightseeing or something. Maybe yeah. eat some. Nice, maybe eat some nice food, stuff like that. It's, you know. it's going to be um, really interesting if, if in your head it's kind of like Robin Hood and King Arthur and stuff like that, and then you get here and it's Hull. It's going to be a really stark difference between expectation and reality. But I would say driving around is pretty straightforward. Like the country's not that big; you can get from one side of, the, of it to the other in about like if you just London to York is like four, four oh, and a half you, hour drive. For size comparison, Sefi, you could fit three. Uh, three islands of uh, England in Texas. Um, it, yeah, sure. Three times in Texas. Um, but no, when you're out there, man, just make sure you, uh, you know, eat an a- at a Nando's just uh, just to say that you did. Everyone keeps talking about this Nando's. Uh, Bruce is talking about it. What is this? Like some Indian restaurant? Like it's, what is Nando's? No, mean? it's it's like a. I mean, their Perry chicken is freaking amazing. Um, but. It's it's literally kind of like, what would it be? 
uh, Zaxby's sort of. Um, it's like a it's like a chicken restaurant, but their chicken's fucking amazing, and uh, it literally just melts in your mouth. Mm, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> is there any special? If there are any other special destinations I should like definitely go to then? If it was UK, uh, yeah, get get a Greg sausage roll for sure. A Greg sausage roll is that like a specific yes. restaurant, well, or you just go to like a street food, or what? It's Greg's. You'll see one on like every single fucking corner. Uh, just make sure you stop in one of them and just get a sausage roll. Well, I need like antibiotics and shit after that. Uh, no, it's actually pretty good, man, and it's super cheap. Oh, it's like a like a common fast food thing. Kind of like a little bakery sort of thing, uh, but I mean they, they I mean. <laughs> Their sausage rolls are actually pretty good, not going to lie. Have you guys been over to, like, Iceland? Is that pretty cool? No, but there's a shop called Iceland, and I've been to that. It's full of lots of freezers, and they sell lots of frozen food. So, like, London to Iceland is what? Like, you get on a little raft and you just, like, make your way there? Or do you need to get, like, a, like, do you need a sailboat, a, sh- a plane? Like, how far away is that? Probably, like, a scuba suit. On the map, everything looks pretty close, right? Yeah. It's all in that general area. Yeah, you get the horse and carriage from London um, out west. And then there's a steamboat that takes you out to Iceland. I suppose like it's like the open ocean and what are the Atlantic, right? So it's pretty choppy, I guess. Yeah. Be, be careful though. Like be careful based on which map you look at. Like there's the, the different world map um, geography projections, right? Like what's the popular one? Is it like the, the Mercator or something? And then there's like another nine of them or 10 of them. Um, and they're all different. And the earth looks completely different based on like which, which projection you use. So Iceland happens to be quite far away from the UK, but on certain maps, it looks very, very close. I think one thing you could do, Steffi, is you could, you could land somewhere like Scotland and then go through the middle of England to various spots, um, like what Ears said, maybe Bath and some other places. And then you could take a, a ferry over to um, Ireland and explore there and maybe the west coast of Ireland. And then you can get a ferry from Ireland up all the way up to Iceland, which I think is like a three-day ferry. That could be quite beautiful. Yeah, I was thinking of that, like, was wondering too, like, uh, Norway and whatnot, that direction. Like, I guess it's not that hard to get out that direction, huh? But you have to do, like, what, like a cruise ship or something? I mean, it's like the open ocean. It's not fucking around. It's like, <laughs> you're not going to swim this, I don't think. Uh, maybe if you had a scuba suit. Um, I don't know. Uh, even the channel, like, if you look at the map, and you look at the English Channel between England and France, you go, oh, that doesn't seem so big. Um, there, there is like a, people do swim it. It's like a challenge. It's like, oh, I'm going to swim the channel for charity. And these people are fucking crazy. And they go out there and there's obviously like monitored and stuff. Um, that is a long way to swim. That is very, very challenging and taxing. Swimming to Norway <laughs> across, the, uh, across the North Sea. Now that, that is pretty straightforward actually by comparison because it's uh, it's just much yeah, shorter i don't know these days i don't think i could i could survive the quarter mile so probably right. not such a good idea i should probably take some sort of ship or something um i think so i think so if you go from hull 
I don't know. If, I don't know. If there's a bow from Hull to Norway, but I feel like that's no. probably the place to go. There were um, there are loads of um, boats. Yeah, I think there's one from like Newcastle to to somewhere like Denmark or somewhere like that. I think a lot of them are shut down these days. They used to run way more. Um, the other thing you can do is you can get like a you can get a a train from London to Amsterdam that will take like half a day. The Eurostar. Um, and then you can go like through through the south of Scandinavia up to Norway that way. It depends how you like to travel, I guess. Like you can do it as a train journey if you like. Hmm. Okay. I'll have to think this through. But yeah, maybe the UK is enough like, for one trip, no? I mean, there is a lot to see in the UK. Would you be going in summer? Yeah, I'm thinking like this coming summer. Oh, a, yeah. Like, it seems like the weather would be good there summer, right? Yeah, yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's not always great. It rains sometimes, but like, it's not going to be Miami or whatever. But in terms of the architecture, like, if you go down the Roman Wall, I think you'd really like that. Like York, Bath, and good museums in London. And I mean, if you're going to York, Yorkshire is nice for like the little countryside vibe, just to see what it's like. Um, and then end up in Cornwall, and then come say hi, and <laughs> come eat in my family restaurant. That'd be funny. Um, <laughs> and then you could fly to I, I don't know why you wouldn't go to like the Mediterranean I mean like Italy and stuff you said you've never been to Europe right mm, no I haven't so that's the other thing is like Italy was the other option but that was like I was looking at like three weeks maybe and um, I guess it's quite hot down there it's like do I really want to go to you know outdoors and cook for three weeks in my like you know what I mean like maybe if the weather's better in the north maybe it's better and if you get time, Sophie, um, try to visit the Shard as well. It's it's really good food. The Shard, S H A R D. The Shard yes. food. I got offered a job there once, bartending. But the thing is, it's just a tall building. There's not. It's not a special restaurant. There's so many good um, things in I would. I would actually say it's pretty delicious because there's like four floors and there's like four different cuisines. And um, the first floor, actually, um, especially the, the desserts, mmm, delicious. The Shard um, has a hotel and restaurant in the middle of it called the Shangri-La. And the story of the Shangri-La Hotel is that the contractor that was building it, John Siskin Sons, was so shit, so terrible. Um, in fact, is it, well, they actually built a crane and they managed to trap it by building around the crane and they couldn't dis disassemble it again. They got kicked out um, of the site. They just set, someone set the fire alarm off and then they revoked their security card access and then they were all out. That was it. They weren't allowed back in again. That's the story of the, the building of the Shangri-La. Mm. Okay. It's quite nice. I took my... Um... My girlfriend there. When it was quite, we on a what did I do again? I got us a a tour up the River Thames on one of those rib boats, which was really fucking violent in the end, and quite fucking quite fast and quite violent. Um, going side to side, it was like a a day where it was a lot of hail and rain, and you know when the when the rain like becomes frozen. So we were going along at like fifty miles an hour or whatever on one of those um, rib boats with the with the hail going in my face, which was painful as hell. So we yeah, had it gets, to hide, it gets painful. Yeah, we had to hide behind the seats, and like 
I would try and expose her face to it and be, and I would tell her to man up and like, just take it, like be a real, <laughs> be a real woman. Shield you, right? Yep. Trying to yeah, use her perfect. stuff. And then um, afterwards we departed there and I think went to the aquarium or something, which is quite fun as well, London Aquarium. And then um, up the the shard for, for the evening, which is quite beautiful. I recommend doing it at night, see the, the lights of London, because it's like a, a super tall building and you can go around the edge of it and see all the different directions um, for miles and miles. It's, it's, it's quite beautiful. And you can have some champagne or whatever at the top. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's beautiful. So the Shard's an actual building with some restaurants and things in it. Yeah, it's like the, the, the viewing spot for London. And there's a hotel there, like Ears said, it's called Shangri-La. has like a, an infinity pool and nice rooms and stuff. You could stay there as well. It might be what 808 is talking about with um, the restaurants and things. The design of the Shard is really wanky and stupid. It was designed by a man called Renzo Piano, and he sketched it on the back of a uh, handkerchief in a restaurant and said, here is my concept for a skyscraper, and just drew some like triangles. And they said, are you sure? And he said, yes, I am Renzo Piano, the greatest architect in the world, and we will build my triangle shard-shaped uh, skyscraper, and it's going to look great. And you know what? It doesn't. It looks like shit. So that's my uh, that's another story about the shard. Was it the shard that was the one that like melted a motorbike when the light hit? No, so that okay. was the walkie-talkie. Was it? <laughs> yeah, the walkie-talkie is shaped like a concave uh, mirror, and it focused the sunlight on the street, and it melted cars. <laughs> it melted cars at the street. Street level because the sunlight was concentrated into a beam. This is true. This is <laughs> true. Deadly beam. Well, I love stories like that, like unintentional problems with the design. And there's another one. There was another. I can't remember which one it was. It's like in South London somewhere, some horrible residential block with some weird like fins on the top. And when the wind <laughs> blew in the right sort of like direction and, and speed, which it commonly did. Um, it would like vibrate and make this really loud like noise. It like, resonated like like this humming. You could, and everyone could hear it inside the building and like all around as well as like I don't know like I don't know what they did to fix it, but um, it's just poor planning. Just, I mean, yeah. it, it happens a lot, and there's lots of stories yeah. like that. My favorite one was Grenfell Tower. Oh. Hey, is it difficult to find someone to sort of just like drive you around the country? Like no. a, a driver or something like that, or is that like a thing? Yeah, no. The, my um, my rich uncle does that kind of stuff all the time. Trains are pretty cheap. I can't see Sefi on a British train. Uh, no. To be honest, they're not, they're too skanky. Not with the scum people. He he needs to be transported around. And uh, Sefi, you know something that's pretty cool as well. You know, in in London, you have. The, the red buses with like two floors it's really cool at night when it's raining especially you go and trying to find the spot especially on the second floor right uh, where the driver is sitting but you're pretty much sitting above the driver it's it's a complete different vibe like you put some nice music on and you just sit there and just get driven around <laughs> it's kind of nice like uh, like if you go to Seattle or like uh, that sort of like Vancouver or like even New Orleans. Uh, there's a lot of places that rain a lot and it's, it's I kind of like it. 
we enjoy the rain. And a lot of the red the red phone booths that you see, like in like movies and stuff, like most of them are like uh you know, screwed shut or turned into an ATM or uh you know, have just graffiti <laughs> all over them. And also if you do decide to go to the casino, make sure you always put your phone in inside of your pocket because this is actually a pretty funny story. Um so I was uh I, I can't remember I think Hippodrome, that's how it's called, but I'm not sure. And um so and the food, especially never eat food inside of any London casino. It's lit the next day you wake up with uh, stomach aches. So we're playing playing um those slot machines right and it was me and my friend so we sat next to each other and we're kind of spinning it and it's pretty dumb actually but you know sometimes i don't know i guess it's fun or whatever and i had my phone right on on that slot machine and i turned around to see my friend because he had some sort of like a bonus or something so it made all these crazy flashy noise noises and literally like maybe 15 or 20 seconds i looked away i looked back my phone is gone boom you so people then, people just swipe your shit there a lot yeah they do and um i literally um went to like the help of the casino they said yeah you will need to go to the police get a, a report and then the police should contact us basically like and the, the fun part is i was bored so i said all right let's do it so it's been like i think 16 months or something and the case is still ongoing <laughs> so just you know whatever you do wherever you are always like keep your things in your pockets like some people in in bike with young young people right with bikes they just pa pass and if they see you're not paying attention and you're with your phone out they literally just grab it out your hand and just drive off so that's just But what are they going to do with it like they they're they can't unlock the thing right I think they, they can, or <laughs> what they do is, I think they dissemble the whole thing and sell it in pieces or something. I don't know, but oh, for okay. some reason, like for some reason, parts. it's it's you know, it's it's getting stolen like a lot. You can always just factory reset a phone, and then obviously at that point, who gives a shit? Just you can sell it straight after. Also, Sefi, whoever told you about the trains? The trains are not cheap. Like the trains are the most rip-off thing in the UK. You could probably fly from one side of the UK to the other on a yeah on a heli on a private helicopter, and it would be cheaper than a train. Like they honestly rip us off so 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 well, much. It depends on what day, Chaga. What, no, no, really. no, man. Southwest trains can suck my but, fucking dick. Expensive trains in the world. I <laughs> I could rent a car and drive it. And I could stop off and get lunch, and it was cheaper than those fucking assholes. Wait, how it's many not, are we talking it's about here? It's cheaper to fly. It's cheaper to fly from Bristol to Scotland than it is to get the train. Even it though is. you're literally getting in a plane, it was twenty quid to fly and like two hundred and fifty yeah. to get the train. It is insane. It's ridiculous. So I used to go. Obviously, when I was visiting my ex when I was young, used to go up to Ver uh, use the Virgin train to go from Liverpool to London, right? And that would cost me 70 quid. And that was like for a child ticket, 70 quid to do that, that traveling. I was hold absolutely hold music terminology. I don't know. What the hell is a quid? Uh, so about 90 bucks uh, at the time, it would have been about 140 bucks to do a two hour train ride 
doesn't matter off peak peak like i tried to go for the cheapest possible one like it was ridiculous amounts of money man like it was just yeah it was insane like how long doing- is this trip like just a couple hours two hours that's it two hours on the train that's what they charge wow okay like there were ways of making it cheaper like there was a website dedicated to like train tickets where they would ironically they would arbitrage different train tickets for the journey so you'd end up with like 15 tickets because it'd be like go from a to b to c to d to e to f but it's one journey and you should get away with it that tickety split yeah i think that is it i genuinely think it's that. see you know coach see you with your thumbs down but you know just as bad how like it gets really expensive it gets really really expensive i was doing thumbs down at ex-girlfriend Oh, I don't. That was just when I was young, like you know. Like you, if you love, if you love a girl, then stay with her, man. Jesus. Uh, yeah, no, I'm happy I dodged that marriage. Let's leave it at that. When I was a young lad, I used to get the train, and I wouldn't get a ticket because I was hard. I was well hard. I used to not get a ticket at all, and I got off once. And we were going on a double date, and I was going with my friend and two girls, and they said, "You're not getting a ticket," and I said, "No, I'm well hard. I'm not getting a ticket." And then they said, are you sure there's gates at Woking? You know, where we're going? Oh, there's gates at Basingstoke. You're going to get nicked. And I said, no, I ain't. I'm fucking, I'm fucking tough. And I got off train and I said, and I got off and I was like, oh, let's jump over barrier. And they were like, what the fuck are you doing? Come here. Give us your name. That's 20 quid fine. And I was like, 20 quid? Fucking hell. Oh man, I've been robbed. I've been fucking robbed here. 20 quid. So that's my story about the trains. The irony is, is that was probably cheaper than buying a ticket that fine. <laughs> that was a great story. That was a great story, ears. Thank you. Uh, can I just say, Zara, loving the new name. Thank you. I'm glad to see you're in the space today, Duncan. You called him me Duncan again. Like, Is your name Duncan? You actually no, said Duncan. Not. I already said my name. You know my name, Zara. I mean, you should know my name because you asked for it ages ago. I forgot. Duncan. Duncan, <laughs> Duncan Donut. No, you're welcome, Duncan. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, he just kept calling me Duncan because he always sees me commenting on Duncan's posts. So, like, oh, he should have said Duncan. <laughs> Why are you commenting so much on Duncan's posts? You like him or something? I, I, I think he's extremely intelligent. So yeah, I like to encourage him so that he doesn't leave the chain. <laughs> like, if I'm honest. Yeah. You know what's happening, don't you, Charles? You know I don't want to know what's happening. It's blissful ignorance. And like, if the chain goes to zero, great. Do you want to know what's happening behind the scenes? Yeah, go on. Give me some alpha. All the smart people in Lunk, in the Terror Rebels, and um in other central organizations who are bidding for power in various ways are being given job offers by competing chains. And many of them have accepted. Sounds about right, to be fair. Like, you know, and if they've accepted it, I don't blame them. Like the lung community just abuses the crap out of anyone intelligent. Like look at you coach, you get abused like, on a daily basis from people. Like it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. You calling me intelligent. That's kind sadly, of sadly, sadly. Yes. That's kind of cute. That makes me feel like a little bit kind of blushing and like a little bit rosy. 
and a little calm bit. yourself calm yourself like you know one compliment like Sefi gets abuse as well and like Sefi handles it a lot better than you because you go off on a tangent Sefi just like responds back with okay <laughs> like, just like let's let's let them fester in their own uh, self-hatred um Duncan, is it okay if i get a compliment as well i already gave you a compliment i forgot what it was well i'm no, not giving it to one. you again no you had your compliment sorry zara he said that your name was not oh what? you meet yourself man we're getting a lot of inappropriate I have a question for the people in the UK. How much is uh, gas right now? Uh, it depends. Do you want diesel or unleaded? Like six quid. Uh, unleaded. Uh, unleaded at the minute. Where I am is about 155 people here. So, Chuck, you said you're in what, Liverpool area? Uh, yeah, I live in the Liverpool area. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out, like, where on the map all these things are? Uh, northwest. It's uh, it's about on the coast. I don't know, guys. For me personally, I think UK is 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 a sad place for for some reason because I had to stay there for a year, um, in northwest uh, London, and for some reason it wasn't really fun. But compared to the USA, I think the UK or it was just my time or the place. I don't know what it was. It was just, you know, like the days were going um, by in the beginning. They were unique, right? They were different. So it was what were you doing there? I was uh, studying, pretty much. Okay, so what you were saying is you were in the most expensive city in the UK, broke, and you didn't have a good time. I mean, that, 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 there's a reason for that. <laughs> you were studying, dude. Well, like... Yeah, Chugs, I think that's probably true. Um, but then equally, I can understand why living in the suburbs of London is a depressing experience. You had to live in England for a year. Um, I had to live there for many more and I didn't have any choice. Uh, unfortunately I couldn't leave. I don't think there's anybody here who would defend the UK, um, if they were pushed. I think that there's a lot of bad things and I think we should all leave it. And that's why I did. I think London is bad. The UK itself is not bad. There are so many beautiful spots in the UK. Like even if you go there to Wales, England is the most beautiful country on this planet. It's full of green fields. It's full of flowers. It's got the beautiful coastlines everywhere. It's got everything. It's got mountains. It's got lakes. It's got all sorts going on, and it's got so much history. If you threw a rock, you'd hit a pagan devil's well or something, or a cathedral or whatever. You is there's nowhere more interesting than England. If you go to other places, it's because you're lame in the head. And the London suburbs are the worst place in the UK. So I don't know. Why didn't you get on the train and explore elsewhere? Like it's not that hard. I know we're complaining about it, but you can't live here for a year and not explore it and then say it's shit. Because like, yeah, of course, if you all you saw was the tube and like ugly estates, then of course it seems rubbish. But you need to explore before you judge it. Oh, I agree. It's just, I guess I didn't have the chance to, you know, get to explore it more, I guess. It's just from what I've experienced and the place I was. So it was, was like uh, an island prison. It you was here for because it, I was free, but I was unable to do, you know, simple things like, let's say, things that don't even require a lot of money to do. It's just, um, let's say, in the beginning, okay, the first two months, okay, you do whatever, right? But then what else is there to do? It's like you, you have a limited amount of options. 
You just literally said if money wasn't a problem, you'd like what? What? There's loads of options. You didn't leave to check those options. Also, but, London's full of free museums and like free. I mean, yeah, okay. If you couldn't afford the tube, I understand, but you couldn't afford the tube. It's not a problem with the place. It's a problem with the finances. I just I understand that it sucked for you, but England is very nice and it's very swag. And the thing is, most people they love to complain about the place they're in. They never even try to look. Like they just stay inside watching Netflix all the time or on gay crypto Twitter spaces or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, I just think people in general don't tend to give places a proper shot and they never even go to their local parks, let alone anywhere further away or anywhere beautiful or historic. They just don't care. But you know, I completely agree with you on that one, Zara. Like the like during summer, what I like to do is I just literally type in like waterfall on my like google maps or something like that and i will go to a random place in wales because wales isn't too far from liverpool and i would just go and visit a waterfall because it's it's somewhere new you know have a nice coffee in the morning wake up early you know you should go for a nice like walk like there's no reason not to do it like it's and then everyone like there's there's so many old monuments and stuff out there as well like um those are actually pretty nice to visit as well try to yeah like uh when i used to I, you know, I used to have, my, my godmother lives in Southampton, so whenever we used to go down, I'd like to go and visit like the monasteries and stuff like the, the broken, like you know, the really old ruins of like the huge monasteries they used to have. It, it's just interesting to go and see like the brickwork and like the, what's stood the test of time. Oh, the architecture is freaking amazing, man! Like when when yeah, I was no, there, I, I... Like, any town that I went into, it's it's literally like old buildings, like three hundred plus years old. And then, uh, like, you'll sit there and just building gaze the entire time. Like, as, you know, somebody who's not from that sort of, you know, architecture. But the crazy thing is, is that you'll see, like, all the locals literally just walking past it. Because, like, looking at it from, like, an American standpoint, like, you're looking at the entirety of the building. But at the bottom of it is this small little, like, janky, like, storefront. And uh, that's more what they focus on. So next time you're in the UK, because uh, your your wife lives here, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, my wife. Yeah, she's v- a British citizen. Visit Chester. It's got like the old Roman Colosseum in it. Like Chester is an amazing city to go and visit. Like it's a, it's a little bit of a student party town, like on the weekends. So if you go during the week, it's quite nice. But Chester is a beautiful place to go and visit. I bet you live in the zoo. <laughs> you know about Chester Zoo. That's it's a good zoo, that isn't it? Did you ever watch the uh, documentary about Chester Zoo with the uh, orangutans that escaped? <laughs> no, I didn't. I imagine it's just like a GoPro strapped to your head. So, are they still trying to get you locked up back in a cage? Uh, always, always. Been a while. Like, yeah, I mean, not, they'll never catch me though, Sefi, because uh, I hide. I hide on the uh, blockchain, so uh, they'll never find me there. So yours, you you escaped the UK and you disappeared to like France and then where? Where like you're now in Switzerland or what? I'm somewhere in the Alps. I won't give my exact location in case the FBI is listening. So yeah. are you flying back for downloads then, OX? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Fair <clears throat> and you're only gonna I'll go see some friends and family and then I'll come back again. Like I, sp- I won't go for less than a week. Ah, oh, fair enough. So Switzerland, uh, that's good when during the summertime. Like I'm not really, a, I'm not going to be skiing or anything like that. So more uh, like a nice weather for that area. Yeah, I mean, really, it's like um, like anywhere around here. <clears throat> like it's it's. I mean, the last year was insanely hot. Like 
mid 30 uh, degrees every single day unbearable and then like the difference between here and england is in england it rains pretty ra- randomly but consistently all the time here if it rains it's like for, for one hour or like 30 minutes it just fucking tips down and you got a bit of lightning and then it's gone um so i guess that's the the key difference and it's also much hotter uh yeah people know. do what in switzerland there's like mountains and some sightseeing and things like that some nice like village towns or whatever yeah i mean you got all of the alps i mean it's just crazy it's just honestly like um you're like is that real like you is this is this real landscape i'm looking at yeah um, the other place that's yeah. a lot like that is um like banff canada is just like is really beautiful too mm. like like really really sort of unbelievable in the sense that like uh the glaciers there create kind of a grayish like um grayish all the way to like green or blue tinted waters so all the lakes and whatever are just vibrant like crazy colors so that's another really cool place um remember like there's a bunch of flowing rivers that were just like straight up gray like almost like ash which is very cool it kind of creates a like a whole tinge to the area like the color and all but uh yeah i I suspect switzerland's like but i'm also not that far from the mountains now because like i travel into like the rocky mountains like you know um like telluride and then like um yellowstone park in wyoming things like that are not too difficult to travel through um so i get around a fair amount in mountain territories uh i like the jeep trails and shit like that like you if you have a four-wheel drive vehicle that you can go on more things uh, you can go and see more things than you can with like a regular car um, just got back from switzerland today and she was telling me how like it's really cold and snowy there at the moment but um even though it's the sky's all gray and white um and it's like snowing the lakes are still bright blue somehow um i just thought that was really cool it's the uh, ice water coming down from the mountains so my mate has a house over in italy uh, by the dolomite mountains and uh, there's a lake about a 45 minute drive from his family's like ancestral home sort of thing and it's obviously all these mountains pretty much border each other and when we drive drove there i think it was like lake uh it begins with g like got guru i I couldn't actually pronounce it right now i'd have to double check through the maps but uh yeah it's literally it looks like crystal blue diamonds in the water because and it's it's freezing cold but it's it's completely purified from the mountains and it's the most gorgeous view that i've ever like looking at a lake yeah i think those crazy blues come from the um the melt water and also the uh, the breakdown of like the mountain rock or whatever the hell and it gets into the water creates that sort of mineral content like blue um but uh uh is there a um like so switzerland though would be about a how much time period is a good like period like couple of weeks or like what's a what's yeah. a reasonable time period to hang out there it's not that big uh yeah. like a week a yeah. week, but it is very expensive. It's like the most expensive country in Europe, I think. So um mm-hmm. be prepared to spend a lot of money there is the in, main thing. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, you know, you know um how there's this thing in America where like, oh, the Mexicans are coming to take our jobs and then go back to Mexico because it's cheaper to live there. I don't know if that's a thing. In Switzerland, it's like the French and the Italians come up to work in Switzerland and then go back to their their grotty, disgusting homes over the border. 
and um and it's like a racism thing so like if i have my french uh license plate which i do and i drive through geneva like people are like honking you and like you fuck off <laughs> get out of here man like you know you're fucking french and i'm like i'm not even french man like just relax all right i just it's so it's very confusing oh everything uh i think that's everything you need to know about switzerland um and there's some mountains um yeah there's a guy i did some research with at some point um who lives in i think basel i think is it called is that a place b-a-s-e-l yeah yeah that might be a place worth (laughs) go visit him for a bit um yeah so like a week you think in switzerland it's not that big huh yeah i think a week i mean to be honest if you're going to england you could do what bruce said and get the euro tunnel down to france or amsterdam And then the high-speed trains down through France, um, and then like past the Alps to past to Zero X's house, and then mm-hmm. go to Switzerland. Good, Good idea. Yeah, go see like the Flemish stuff, like um, Belgium and um, the Netherlands, like Amsterdam. So that's all kind of its own vibe. And then uh, yeah, come down south, uh, check out the mountains. Go to Italy if you want, uh, and that's you'd have seen most of the interesting stuff in Europe. You could go to Barcelona. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you I could do everything at once. I I I like the slow kind of yeah roam around and hang out type of thing because um, I like yeah I mean like three four weeks something like that. I don't have an exact time frame. I can just sort of pick. <laughs> I just need to sort it out. Maybe like uh, Spain and like uh, Portugal, France. That seems like a good separate trip, maybe. Yeah, maybe when it's a little bit um, like an autumn or spring thing with Italy as well, just because it's really hot in summer. Otherwise, it's like it can be 40 degrees and stuff sometimes. Mm, okay. You have to pay attention to the weather. It'd be kind of cool, like, uh, Nazare, uh, like, it'd be cool to check out that, that surf, you know, where they have the big ass, like, 50 and 100 foot waves and whatnot. Like, I don't know what time frame that is. That looks like some cool shit to check out. Yeah? Have you ever been to Nazare? Is that right in the south of Portugal, is it? Is that the one I'm thinking of? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Um, it's, they did, like, a whole documentary about that dude that, like, um, that, like, uh, I think they... They went. They surf like eighty to hundred foot waves there, which is ridiculously high. Um, it's like just a tsunami looking thing. <laughs> like it's the only place in the world you can see that kind of shit. Uh, nowhere oh, else yeah, is big or that close to the shore. Where like unless you're a surfer, you can see that. Like so, you don't need like binoculars and whatnot for this. It's pretty. It's like huge waves. Seems pretty um, cool. The Atlantic Coast in general is so beautiful. I really love it. Um, I mean, if you go to there to to Portugal, Lisbon's really nice. Porto's really nice, um, but it's not that big, so you could maybe just do like a shorter trip, or I don't know, stop by on the way back from Switzerland, whatever. There's just so many good places to see. Like you'd have a great time. Yeah, it's yeah. like the all the little travel components seem like they're the nuisance. Like that's why it's like here, like drive me around. <laughs> you know, it's almost like I need someone to just take yeah. me. You could do a third trip. You could go island hopping in Greece. You can go to Zante, and then you can go to Turkey. You can go and see the balloons, the hot air balloons. That could be a, se- a separate trip. Then a fourth trip, you can do Prague, and you can do 
uh, hungry yeah, my, Budapest. My dad's been to all these places. He's been to like I think 180 plus countries. So he's been around, and um, he was about to go to Antarctica like last um, last around last Christmas time, and that's when he got that leukemia diagnosis and everything. So he's been spending the last year sort of dealing with that, and so that's in remission and everything. So now he's trying to figure out where to go again. But he missed. He had to cancel a trip to Antarctica from Chile, which um, which uh, he was disappointed about. But you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, but he did well with that. So. Yeah, he's been, uh, yeah, like all I have to do is like, dad, where do I go? And he's been, yeah, like 880 plus countries or something like that. It's impressive. You could just get a cruise, like an Icelandic cruise and just uh, let them do it for you, if that makes sense. I mean, it's not the most fun thing to do, but if you like want to just spend little days here and there, I'm not telling him to do it. I'm just saying like if if he's like short for what he wants to do. It's yeah, kind of like they're okay. Like if you just want to like hit those little towns that they yeah for a day. The good thing about cruises, at least you don't have to like um, you're traveling while you're sleeping, which is which is kind of a plus side. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, some of them can be good. <laughs> it, it's not it's not my thing, but one of my colleagues does it every year with his wife. They oh, and his kids. They they take two cruises a year for their holidays, and they they always come back happy. So you know they always they, 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 iceberg and all die. They all drown to death and die. Also, yeah, one of those things got hit by a big wave lately. Like there was like a rogue wave or some shit that hit a ship. Like this is last week. Um, I, I think some dude fell overboard or some shit too. It was God punishing them for going on a fucking cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> it's God's punishment to Carnival Cruise Lines or something. Yeah, take take a fucking airplane instead. That's why they were invented. Fuck your cruise. <laughs> is that how it went, Zara? Is that, is that what God did? Well, yeah, like, because if you're in a plane and you try and get struck by lightning, it's just going to, it just keeps going. Like, planes are lightning proof. Um, but, you know, a cruise ship, you know, a big wave can come any time. Like, I was reading about, like, you know, sailors used to come back and they'd say, oh, there was this wave and it was like so and so big. And like at the time, like in the 1900s, the meteorologist people or whatever, they were like, oh, shut up. Look, sailors, they're always making shit up. They're always drunk. And then they started actually measuring it with like all the modern equipment. And they're like, oh, no, like one in every like, I don't know, 500 waves is like a freak wave. And it's you just never know when it's going to happen. <laughs> That's just that's gonna be you if you go on a cruise ship. And Sefi, we we can't have you die in a cruise ship right now. It's just not right. It's not your time. There's like a movie or something about that where there's like this dude and he's in, in on a working on a cruise ship or something. The thing gets hit by a massive wave and dumps the whole fucking thing over and everyone dies. I think that was an iceberg. No, that's Titanic. There's another one with like a wave type of thing, like a comet or some shit hit the earth or something like that. <laughs> like, it's like what would it like to be it's one of those movies where like the comet hits the earth and everyone dies but it's like it's like what would it be like if you're on a cruise ship and that happened or what would it be like if you were in some part of the world you know how those those disaster movies always like portray some new thing like you know they're like i hadn't really thought about what it'd be like to get hit by a wave when a comet hits the earth if i work on a ship right that kind of thing it's just uh <laughs> these movies are funny Whenever I see a disaster film, I know it's egotistical, but I just think well, I would just make better decisions than this. Like I would survive. These people, they're just not going to make it. Um, is that a common sentiment? I mean, I, well, I know it's with horror films. Everyone's like, yeah, I'm not stupid. But like, 
I see these films of like I don't know tsunamis or whatever, and I just think you're stupid. Just like I could run out the way of that, it'd be fine. <laughs> you can outrun a tsunami. I'm, I'm afraid they're yeah, very, very, very quick. In yeah, the they're only little like people from like the coast, like little people from Thailand or India or something. Only they get like trampled by a tsunami. Everyone else, Philippines, Philippines are pretty bad as well. Like and Philippines, you know yeah, definitely. They had it coming, to be honest. Bangladesh, they cut down all their trees. They cut down all their trees, and then they're like, oh no, we just got flooded. It's like, we shouldn't have cut down the trees then, should you? Now you've got nowhere for the water to go, idiot. So you watch a movie like this. You can just jump over this. You're just like very judgmental, huh? I just believe in in myself. I I believe in my truth, (laughs) which is not dying in a tsunami. Jump over it. It looks really short. You know, the tsunami comes in. It's only like a foot tall. Just jump over it, man. What's wrong with you? I think the other thing to consider here is if we were all, all of us, the speakers in a horror movie, right? I suspect that Zara would be one of the first to die in that horror movie. Um, I think it would transpire that Coach was the killer the whole time. Uh, Luke Kwan is the pizza delivery guy. And he turns up and he's like, hello, is anybody there? And he's like knocking at the door like, hmm, there seems to be no one inside. And then he turns around and then, ah, Bruce stabs him. Like, that's how I think Luke Kwan would die. Um, I'm not sure how Chugs would die. I think Chugs would be like, oh, you guys carry on. I'm going to go do my workout. And then he'd go to like the, the garage gym and then he'd be like doing his pull-ups or something. And then the, the Bruce would come and say, Gotcha, and he cut his legs off. Um, and I'm not... Sefi, Sefi, I'm torn. Yeah, zom- like a zombie apocalypse in the UK would be like, you're just on an island and you're these things are going to chase you down no matter where you go. Huh? Hey, are, we talk- are we talking fast or are we talking slow? Because I've, I've genuinely had to hypothesize this for years and years and years and years. So you need, you need to are we specific- talking about like ninja zombies? Like, they're not zombies, they're mutants. Like If it's a zombie, they're slow. If it's a mutant, they're quick. So you need to you need to decide which one it is before we go down this road, Sefi. I think mm, I don't know. I think Sefi would be accused of being the killer, and Bruce would like do his guy boss manipulation to make everyone think, think it was Sefi, and then he would. What? Uh, he's talking about zombies again. A bunch of nonsense. That we're talking about real stuff here. Sefi would then fall mysteriously and break his head into pieces well it's important to form like in these circumstances it's important to form a cult right like you know you have to have like a little mini army to survive right that's the key are you talking about zombies again because i think zara tried to change it back so i'm just confused about the are we on tsunamis (laughs) or cults or zombies bruce killing bruce killing everyone is apparently yeah, this is it's it's a difficult uh, conversation to keep track of. Bruce, who who would you kill first? Um, out of the people on the speakers panel. Hmm. Yeah, or just anybody here. Probably, I'd kill the least discerning person. Sorry, I'd kill the most discerning person who would be able to correctly identify it was me. And I think the. Most discerning person. So ears is as good as dead. Ears is... Uh, Ryan Lyon's dead, and ears is dead. I'd probably work out a way to kill them both at the same time. 
like like maybe like a bullet ricocheting off of like a pot and then a post and then maybe like the oven and then hitting like multiple people at once more like a lawnmower more like throwing uh, more like i hire both of them to cut a shrub and then i drive over both of them at the same time oh with like a car or something yeah go over there and trim that shrub yeah and then i then i and then, okay. then i get my my hummer and i just mow them both down i had a really tasty dinner today does anyone want to tell me what they had for dinner I bet King Webby does. Food is he here? Ah, he left. Good. Some sort of like protein supplemented shake with like some, uh, I don't know, orange juice or some shit in it or something. Usually, right? What What did you have, Zara? What What did you have for dinner? Poo sandwich. Great. I don't know why that's funny, but but that is extremely funny, actually. Poo sandwich. <laughs> it's just so so ridiculous. Uh, I, think, I think you're tired, OX. I think, I think you need to get some sleep if that's... Uh, who said poo was Zara? Yeah. Yeah, Zara's been very poo-related. Do you remember when we were talking about a disability? <laughs> yeah. Zara, yeah, Zara yeah. was like, oh, so, like, Zara's like, oh, I went down to the park in my wheelchair. And uh, I, uh, I wasn't. I, I did. I was a bit distracted when you're talking. But you were like, "Oh, I did a shit in my poo bag," and I was carrying my poo bag along. And then a dog came and scratched my poo bag, and it went everywhere and it's ruined birds. my day. Yeah, birds in my poo bag. You're a bit of a scatterfile, aren't you, Fluffy? You're a bit of a scatterfile. <laughs> no, no, I just, I just think it's funny. It's got um, no. Like, like, okay, she has stories but really the stories have a common structure and one of them is like poo there's always poo involved and the other part of the story that's always involved is like da 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 then da 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 then i went to so and so then this happened then i suddenly went into the sky and flew across the ocean and ended up in addy's house and i killed her at the same time (laughs) no it happened look one night i wasn't feeling very creative i'd just been at work and then you were really creative, both of you. So I was just trying to come up with stuff. And it just happened to be I just kept jumping across the ocean and kidnapping Addy. But that wasn't like a representation of my true self, my creative self. It was just one night. You know, you need to stop judging so much. All you talk about is poo. All Children right. Dying. Children dying and poo. Or Sefi's head getting smashed into pieces. Things like that, lots of violence, poo and violence. Yeah, or like clubbing people to death. It's... Yeah. Do you know how many times you've like said you want to kill me, Zara? Like way too many times for it to like I'm not be offensive at this point. I'm glad you said that because I was going to bring it up just now, but I'm glad you had the confidence to say it yourself. How can I get better? You could apologize to everyone you've offended, Zara. Okay, put your thumb up if I've ever apologized to you. I mean, <laughs> I've never offended you. Hi, Chugs. Um, can I just ask how I offended you so I can apologize properly? Uh, the constant threats of murder. Like, you know, you could be anyone, anywhere. For all I know, you could know exactly who I am, and that could be it. And, like, one day, 
like today my uh my, my car's alternator uh oh, i forgot what it's called basically fucked up like that could have been you trying to sabotage me while i was driving and uh yeah how am i supposed to know anything you've, you've left me in a state of terror zara duncan i'm sorry the way to improve your creativity, Zara, is to play Dr. Kawashima's brain training on the Nintendo DS. That is the game that would improve. <laughs> your that was an amazing game. Have you ever seen any monsters uh, in the UK that have eyeballs that look like the surface texture of leaves? Yes. Yes, I've been <laughs> to nightclubs. I've been to bars. I've been to there was one nightclub. Uh, it was Vodka Revolution, but I called it Moss Eisley Cantina. And we go in there, and there'd be just kinds of creatures, sticky floor. You look up, and there'd be some kind of ogre, like this this woman with big arms and a strong forehead and eyes, exactly as you described. And, All right. uh, she'd well, look that, you up and down. Can where I ask is that club? There are. These, there are vodka revolutions, like a thousand of them in the UK, chugs. Every student. I've never, I've never ever seen them. Like, I've, I've seen one in Red Hill, and that's it. Like, but obviously, I used to go out all the time, and I've never <laughs> seen a vodka revolution. Uh, well, God, let's go out to Revs tonight, yeah. No, it was always spoons with, uh, like, you know, you start off on spoons, and then you end up going somewhere else, like, always. You never go to spoons. Spoons is like where the, the middle-aged men go. It's like the, the model no. of a labor club. Mate, I'm telling you, you go there during happy hour, you're getting absolutely smashed on Aperol Spritz and stuff like that. And then you go out, like, so you don't spend, like, copious amounts of money on alcohol in London. Like, it was always a spoons first. Anyway, what I was going to ask you is, was, what do you mean by a strong forehead? Because I'm not quite sure. Is that, like, verticality? Is it is it pure surface area? Uh, is it Spanish? Because yeah. I don't intuitively know what you mean by that. And I think you should clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good question. Um... I mean, I think a strong forehead is one, yeah, obviously a large surface area, but it also has to be a large proportion of the head, like the visible uh, head. So that includes like from the chin to the top of the, where the hairline starts. So if, if the strong, if it's a big, strong forehead, you know, that, that includes maybe over 50%, uh, which doesn't actually make sense anatomically, but it happens. You, you see them. Is more than fifty percent of the of the visible skin of the head. Yeah, someone in this chat is like that. Um, ears, how like how many times have you been to that uh, club called um, Boiler Room that you sent me that YouTube video of? Is it? It looks pretty cool. Mate, you go in Boiler Room. There's one in Liverpool. Oh no, 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 no! I've never been to a Boiler Room. I've I've never been. I mean, the only boiler rooms I've been into are ones with boilers in and combined heat and power units. There's no. Um, there's no. Uh, I'm on the mailing list. Up. I'm waiting for the tickets to be uh, released. There's uh, there's an event January seventh in Liverpool, so I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna go there and like well go. So I was I was kind of digging into the artist you sent me, um, Fred again, um, who I believe is from UK. He kind of studied under Brian Eno for a while and. Um, the guy does some pretty impressive, like impromptu um, work with like a machine and Ableton and stuff like that. Really good music. Um, super, super talented, obviously. Um, yeah, you can tell immediately how talented the guy is from like a live DJing perspective. Very good. Um, and I, I think his stuff sells out instantly, like within 15 seconds or something of it going online. You can't even get tickets anywhere in the world. 
seems really, really uh, interesting to mm. check out. But like, great material. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I like how he samples random stuff and makes a song out of it. I think that's really interesting. And it's always like um, decent. And he's not necessarily making tracks for the radio either, which is also really cool. Uh, unlike like Taylor Swift or whatever, whatever shit you guys listen to. Um, it's... Um, yeah, it's good. And then he's kind hey, of not a, here to dig into this. <laughs> right. <laughs> KH slash what's his real name? I can't remember. Uh whatever. Doesn't matter. Him. Um like they all like like messing around in their bedrooms with different with different um like amplifiers and feedback loops and fucking around. But what's hardware. interesting about him is he's he's actually got instrumental skill to start with. So He's musically talented, um, you know, and then on top of that, he does these kinds of like, he knows how to put sounds together, which um, I don't know, it's it's a pretty, it's a pretty significant, um, like level of genius to get that right. Like, there's only so many people per generation that can do that kind of thing. So Fred again, and Dead Mouse, and like, there are just certain people that like, are what I consider like sound shapers, you know, everyone, anyone can like throw up a loop together and like, sequence some music or whatever the fuck or play the piano or something like that but to be able to sort of like layer sounds in such a way that they just the kind of different harmonies and things um he's really really good like i, I was i was watching him on zane low or whatever you know the um the apple one whatever radio show and that guy's like getting goosebumps listening to him like you know and he's listened to every uh electronic musician like forever so it's hard to impress certain people and um uh, I felt like even he was imp- pretty impressed with his work. Like it, it, this, like the speed with which he puts music together is impressive. Very neat. I wondered where Zane Lowe had gone. That's interesting. He was on Radio yeah, One and he disappeared. He's hired by Apple. Yeah, he's on uh, he's on Apple One Radio. Uh, he, there's like a 24 hour show or whatever. Or got some it. Shit. I'm gonna look him up. I used to listen to him on Radio One before. Yeah, is it is it kind of hard to get tickets to uh, get into some of the better like UK uh, nightclub scene things, or like how, is it pretty wide open usually? I mean, so there's kind of two uh, two things going on. Um, you've got nightclubs, quote unquote, which are kind of just big, disgusting, sweaty places where drunk people go and fight and fall over and it's not like a classy experience at all it's just a room full of very drunk people um that's nightclubs and then you have i mean you wouldn't even necessarily call them nightclubs it's like you're going to a gig it's like oh yeah we're going to go see this this artist you're no longer clubbing per se i mean maybe you are maybe you aren't depends um but that's kind of like like a stage show at that point yeah right exactly yeah. exactly um and then i mean like for those you have like specific venues everyone's is that the hot the hot list of what's cool i obviously don't know what those are anymore um but like print works is pretty cool that's the last place i went to that was cool um and they'd sell that would sell out pretty quickly if there was someone known who was going to be playing like i went to see a chemical brothers dj set and that went somewhat quickly um I don't know, like like relevant artists probably sell out instantly. I'm an old man. I don't know these things, Sefi. Don't ask me. Well, I mean, you know, you're around the scene when you're younger, so you get some idea maybe. Like, but it changes so fast, like what's going on where and 
like what's the good spots and stuff like that. That and like if it's any anybody good headlining DJing or anything else, it's hard to find tickets to these things usually unless you know exactly what to buy and when, right? Yeah, it's and, like, and you sort of have to plan around them. Like, okay, I'm going to go to this event, so I'm going to fly there for that trip and do this because these things won't happen like just whenever you happen to be free. So mm-hmm. uh, you really do have to make a make a trip out of it. I think and hotels, yeah, it's like, super quick. yeah, yeah. It's like um, Glastonbury and like the festivals, the music festivals, just sell out in I don't know like half a second. I have no clue. Like you you can't get tickets to Glastonbury. I don't know how anyone does it. It's worse than like a token sale starting on on some some um, exchange on on chain. It's just instant. It's like fuck, sold out. You got to sign up months beforehand. Now you got to like do you give them your passport like six months ahead of time or something. It's like a free sign up for the sign up. <laughs> yeah, it's just fucking crazy. And like I don't even know. <sighs> this is why I just want to sit and do bar have barbecues now. I've reached I've reached the age. I reached the age. I just want to have a barbecue. Sit and drink a few pints and listen to music I want to hear, and uh, not bother with tickets and shit. The UK festivals pretty much is that across Europe they typically sell out, but pretty decent festivals, or are there some that suck or something. There are some that definitely suck. There are loads actually. <laughs> There's saturation. I, I think we actually had peak festivals now. Like there were too many uh, in the UK. There was like I don't know, just, just way way too many, and they're all basically the same thing over and over and over. Um, so I think a lot of them went bust over the pandemic and, um, some, some are cool. I mean, like, you know, for the most part it's the same formula, but there are some cool ones and like Boomtown and stuff like that. And Glastonbury is cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, Europe, I can't speak for, um, went to a couple, I went to Ziegert festival in Hungary. That was, that was cool. But, uh, I don't think that sold out particularly quickly. But it's all just like Ed Sheeran and shit anyway, so what's the point? I'm going to go to bed. I've had a grumpy day, and now I'm going to go to bed early, one mm. thirty in the morning. How many hours of sleep did you get last night, Ears? Quite a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like your, your muscles aren't recovering very well. That's what you think, mate. That's what you think. I was in the gym today. Um... Couldn't use the squat rack though. I had to muscle snatch it off of the fucking floor. So that was uh, that was all fucked. Sarah says, "Are you not like um like a skinny guy, like a skinny twink? Because in my head, you're like a tall skinny twink, and that's not like an insult, but I just imagine you like that, like walking a greyhound. And you're really long, <laughs> like your really neck. Long. No, I mean, uh, I um." People buy their dogs. Dogs who look like them. Right. The dog and and I sort of, like, the longer I spend with him, the more I look like the dog. Uh, you got to more... him. What's that? That's your, your, your brain-to-body ratio is the same as a greyhound. It's true. He has a little walnut brain. Um, and so do I. And uh, the, the more I spend time with the Greyhound and the more that Coach visualizes me wasting away with his psychic powers, um, which is a conversation for another time, I, um, I'm wasting away and becoming taller and slend- more and more slender. And uh, that's basically it. I wouldn't say I'm a twink. Um, I don't think that's exactly how I roll, but uh, you guys tell me. Well, I don't know what you look like, but I, I mean, 
you said I don't think I look like a twink with like a resolute tone in your voice. So I think that's true. Thank Great. you for sharing your truth. Um, yeah, cool. It might not be that he's not a twink. It might just be that he doesn't want to be seen that way in a very, I don't know, he 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 wants to maintain the way he's seen and it's not a twink. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, what what, what do you guys say? What, what what are the main characteristics of a twink? Quite skinny, quite delicate, quite submissive. Um, it tends to pay attention to their hair and clothes and everything like that. Likes likes the sense of walking into a room and being admired. Um, tends to stand around and, and try to look beautiful and give a gaze to women or even men and expects to be approached by them and taken, um, expects to be carried over the shoulder and thrown maybe three to five meters onto a bed. Um, just, just generally is, is seen for their beauty and, um, juvenile, youthful, metrosexual qualities, uh, the opposite of a lumberjack. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of meant more like, I can't really imagine you being like a really jacked guy. Because I just can't see you um, like getting really into like figuring out which uh, like having a whole home gym installed. And that's not an insult, but I just don't think you'd do that. I just feel like you would like, I don't know, turn the room into like a pit, like a, a soundproofed pit where you would like put people and then you would leave them there. I don't think you would fill it up with weights and like resistance bands and bars to do spins around and Olympic rings and a climbing wall. I just don't think that's the you thing to do. Yeah, I don't have any of those things in my in my flat. That's true. I don't have uh, any Olympic bars. I don't have Olympic rings. There's no Olympic equipment whatsoever. Um, but I don't have a pit with people in either. And uh, so I guess that puts me somewhere in the middle between Twink and the opposite of Twink. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I'll see you guys in the morning. Enjoy lung to one dollar, February 17th, you, 2023. You know what will happen if you leave, right? Gonna kill the space, yeah, I know because <laughs> you're the glue that holds it together, and we feel in our hearts that you leaving is a sign that you hate us. And I'd rather not sit around knowing that you hate us, I'd rather just hate myself enough to kill it. Bruce, is this something you read in the book, The Art of Gaslighting? I'm not saying he shouldn't leave. I'm just telling you what will happen if he does. Any final remarks from the speakers on the panel before the space is killed because I leave it because I hate everyone in, in yeah. this space? Yeah, I think what, what Zara said today, the way she said, you don't sound like you're capable of gaining any muscle. <laughs> that positive for, for me because I'm in a competition with ears to lift a certain amount of weight What's the amount of weight? It is um, a 75 kilogram overhead press strict without any knee or hip motion. Well, I just don't feel like that's that hard. Just feel like you're both twinks. What sort of man can't overhead press 675 kilos in a strict manner? Yeah, I could do it in the past, but uh, I weakened. I haven't lifted for many years. 
Luke One, any final comments before the space is killed? Hmm. All right. Steffi, any final comments before the space is killed? Can you be more accurate? Can you say before I kill the space? <laughs> any final comments before the space is killed? By me, because I'm leaving it and I hate all of you. Why do you want us to die? I thought we were your friends. Why do you want? No, no, Ears is going to leave and he's the glue that holds it together. So. Oh my God. Once he leaves, the space is dead. Yep. Why do you hate us? I have my reasons and I have no obligation to share them with you. Sorry, I called you a twink. Sorry, I called you a twink. <laughs> yeah, that's that's when he wanted to leave after you said twink. But I just have never heard weights jingling, jangling in the background of a space, and I've heard you for many hours now. So it tells me a lot about you. All right, I've just had to ask the AI what a twink is. <clears throat> a twink is a slang term used to refer to a young, attractive, and often effeminate gay man. The term is typically used to describe someone who's perceived as having a high level of physical attractiveness ooh, and is often associated with a lack of masculinity or machismo. What's that? The term is often used in a derogatory or pejorative manner and is sometimes used to stereotype or demean gay men. Hey. You stop that immediately. Yeah, she's saying like you're you're biologically incapable of gaining any muscle, which is interesting. It <laughs> no, I take it back. I don't mean it. My psychic spells are working and she's picking up on it. And Bruce has been saying for weeks, <clears throat> he's just like visualizing what my muscles wasting away. And he messages me like out of the blue, like, I'm just visualizing you wasting away and like, do you believe this is working? Do you think this is going to work? Because it does. Here's a book. Here's evidence that shows that I can psychically waste you away. And, and he sent me voice messages like your muscles are getting old. They're going to snap. Like he's constantly psychologically attacking me all the time. And maybe this is what's making me irritated. This is like building up. In yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not focusing on your muscles. I'm focusing on your endocrine system and your testes. I'm diminishing everything. I'm squeezing them. I'm creating clots in the pipes. I'm I'm squishing up your epididymis. Don't clot my testes pipes. What the fuck, man? It's like he's got cystic fibrosis. Wait, you did what to his epididymis? You you folded it up in a little ball. I've got cystic fibrosis now as well. What the fuck? Yeah, your vas deferens is just really badly formed. It's full of mucus as well, even if it yeah, is full of like Well, yeah, it is. It is his personal problem. Yeah, I should be dead. I put a polyp in your pineal glands as well. I'm gonna put an abscess in your cerebellum. You fuck. I've diminished your HGH production by like. 800%. So that's why you're feeling angry today. Oh, you wake up as well because I'm going to lower your DHT during sleep. You're not going to have restful sleep anymore. That's You'd funny because your progesterone is now increased 10x and your estrogen. So if you find yourself 
lactating in the in the night with large nipples. Now you know why. That's unreasonable. Uh, Zara, what would you do to Sefi psychically? What uh, medical injury would you like to inflict on him? I want to fill him up with soup. I want him to have a nice soup meal, vegetable, homemade soup with some crusty sourdough bread. And I want to fill his stomach up with it. And then he goes to sleep. Then he has some tea with some honey in it. And he goes, ah, I feel so good right now, but I don't know why. I feel like I've just had a big bowl of soup with some crusty bread and a cup of tea with some honey in it. I'm like, I'm glad I get served like a nice soup with the honey and all this other shit. And Ears just simply gets called a twink and then murdered. No, she's still your abdominal cavity with soup, Sefi. This is not like a no, pleasant no. experience. No, 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 it is pleasant. It's really nice. I just fill his stomach up, but not even in like an obscene way. Um, and then he just gets better. And then Xerxes wakes up. And his muscles are full of synthol, and he <laughs> and he couldn't he could do an overhead press for one hundred and seventy five kilos. And Bruce finds out, and he throws up. But then he tries it, and he can do it too. And then they live together happily forever. You no, know, the space can't really end until, like, you fly through the clouds across the ocean with sprinkles flying behind you. <sighs> Like through the clouds, yeah. and then no, you went. let it go, let it go. Look, I'm being different now. I've wrote some stories. I'm changed. I was I was working for hours talking to people, then coming up here. You asked me to make up a story. I'm getting niche. I'm getting nothing. I'm drawing from an empty well. There, there's nothing. When do we fly? And then when do we kill someone? Effort like, blah blah blah. Okay, you ate the soup and then you flew across the sky and then a plane crashed into you and then you died. Is that what you wanted? You wanted me to give you a bad ending. I didn't want to give you a bad ending. You asked for it. You begged for it. Well, I didn't want it to happen to me. I thought maybe like Syak here or T-Bart or somebody could die. Like, why do you have to put me in that like plane and kill me? Okay, it was a lie. Sorry, I lied. You just ate the soup and then you went to sleep. Blue Corn was driving a plane and then you landed it safely. Coach Bruce was a lung doctor and he was killing his patients by giving them the wrong medication. But he was so high up in his field, no one ever questioned him. And it was only when the junior doctor started copying his actions and killing people that they realised they'd been learning from a killer. Citizens Dawn died of a heart attack, age 28. Yes, it's true. I am a cybernetic uh, reproduction. Uh, They cloned me after my death. I'm now property of the United States government. I was handed over by Coach Bruce. Um, I heard that Zero X Ears is going to give Coach Bruce a priapism. Mm, Bruce, have you ever had to go to the hospital because you couldn't get your erection to be, uh, what do you want to call it, like extinguished? No, but I had a... um... <laughs> I had what I suspected. What would you do if you had this happen, though? Would you like bang it up against a wall or something? Well, I'm going to tell you, slam I had it in the door. I had like, how would you get it to stop? Right. I had similar, Sefi. I had um, what I suspected was a testicular torsion one time, like seven years ago, and my left testicle swelled up, swelled up huge, like a huge red sack, and it was really painful. So I was like, "Fuck, what's going on?" Um, and I went to the, the A&E department and the funny thing was 
that I arrived and I, I waited in the waiting room and then the the nurse saw me that sorry, the doctor saw me and they, they took me through to some ward and they made me stand up and drop my trousers down. And then um before that happened, the doctor said I forgot what 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 are the um the doctor said I have to have two nurses stand to either of my side to make sure that nobody's coming through. What are they called? Like a um there's a name for them. Like just to guard you or something? No, it was like a not like not a chaperone, like a something. Um I can't remember. Yeah. There was some kind of term. Anyway, so what happened was the doctor said, like, are you comfortable that they can stand either side and like keep watch? So two um two nurses who are quite attractive in their twenties stood about three meters either side of me, looking at me to the side. And then the doctor um, came along and I pulled my trousers down. So like my dick and everything was hanging out. You've and, got this boner and then like they, you've got no, this torsion man, at the same stop, time. Stop. It's, it's oh, uh, my, at the time my, my left testicle was enormous. It had swollen up. And the same thing happens, you know, when you're in pain, the same thing happens as when you're cold, your, your penis shrinks like to a tiny size, um, because of the pain, like contracts everything. Um, anyway, but it was a very strange experience because the, the doctor was like investigating what was happening and having a feel like, a um, to, to investigate, I guess, like the epididymis and everything else and check if there was any tangling or anything like that. But the, the two nurses were just standing there watching. It was a very bizarre. I was looking like side to side, and they were just both just watching. And I was like, "Why do why, why do they need to be?" Here? And it made no sense because it was like right in the middle of the ward as well, like with a load of people around and stuff. I, I don't know what was going on. It was very strange. But I was like panicked about the fact that I might lose my testicle or something. Um, and then I got told to go to like a a um, what do you call the um, I forgot what you call the the doctor who does the the bladder and the stuff like that urology yeah i got got told to go to the urology department and then they did an ultrasound of everything and had a good look and it, it was decided that it wasn't um probably wasn't a torsion but was um epididymitis or something like that like an yeah right tubes mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and then then i got sent home with antibiotics and things it was a very weird experience I thought for sure you were going to say that uh, they took you to the basement and uh, Jimmy Silville came in and, uh, mm. you know, did this thing. It was, it was just really weird, though, because they were like, these two nurses need to keep watching. I was like, okay. And then they both just stood either side of me as this happened. And there was no point at all to it. And there was, it was really weird because it was in the middle of the whole room as opposed to, like, in a, in a curtained-off place. It was just, I don't know, really bizarre. And then I was freaked as well because they were like, you have to go to urology now. <laughs> if you don't if you don't get seen within an hour, you could lose it. And then I was looking up on my phone, like what happens with untreated testicular torsion? It was like, you could easily uh, have a dead testicle on your hands if you don't get it sorted immediately. So it was a real panic. I was like running upstairs to try and find this fucking urology place. Just a nightmare. I don't think this is a real hospital. I think you were molested. It 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 felt really strange when it happened. Like I didn't understand any of it because I thought I'd go into a separate room that was like had a door on it or at least a curtain and the doctor would just have a look and I'd lie down or something. But in reality, 
two strange nurses stood two meters either side and i had to stand there in the middle of the room <laughs> just like a busy a and e ward <laughs> or something and the doctor had a had a look it was very i don't understand it at all um, uh wait were you in the waiting room did this happen in the waiting room because no. i don't think that was a real doctor no it was it, it was like in the you know one of those big a and e wards right like in the middle of the hallway of one of them oh that's still weird it was really weird I didn't understand it. Maybe they had like full capacity or something. I'm not sure. Hmm. I didn't know it at all. I remember I, um, I remember as it was happening and both the nurses were like looking at my penis and the, um, the doctor was like investigating. I remember ex making an excuse for myself. I think I said something like it's smaller because it's like pain or something like that. It's, I think I, I think I had, I felt the need to like explain it. This was when I was like 21 or something. Um, I was explaining it like, oh, it's, it's, it's really, I was like, oh, it's really shrunken up, hasn't it? Because of the pain. They were like, yeah, yeah, that's normal. Well, thank you for sharing your truth. Um, Luke one, have you ever had a medical procedure on your testicles? Yeah, twice. Why? What happened? So I, uh, so I have two kids with my ex-wife and, uh, I ended up getting, uh, you know, the snip and then I ended up getting remarried mm -hmm. and I got it reversed. So yeah, two procedures on my testicles. Uh, the second time, uh, you know, getting it reversed, my, my balls literally turned black and I thought they died, but, um, it was just really bad bruising. So they fucked you up. Do you ever manage to have any more kids since then? Or um... no, I haven't had kids since then yet. Have you tried? Uh, no, no, not yet. My my wife is a British citizen, so we're in the process of getting her naturalization of the U.S., uh, which we're coming up to um, the end of that whole process. Everything's over at the NBC right now, and. Uh, once these uh, last couple documents get approved, she'll get her interview and uh, you know come on over. But no, Wait, where did you right where did you meet your wife uh, when you were traveling or at work or something? Uh, no, we actually <laughs> surprisingly we met online. Um, you know, we we met through a. Uh, She's like, I'll app. meet you if you get your tubes reversed. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I mean, we, we, we met online. She, we, we started off as, you know, just really good friends. And then she came out here to visit for three months on a, on an ESTA. And, uh, so she came out and we, just, I don't know, just from there, it was, uh, we decided to give it a shot and we were together for about a year. Um, I would go out there, she would come out here. Um, yeah. So you kind of travel back and forth in the UK? Yeah. Zara, there's hope for us. There is. There is hope for you guys. What? What? What was that? Oh, no. No, really, who said that? I, I don't... Can you ever said that? Speak up, please. No one wants to admit it. No one wants to be a rat. <laughs> no one wants to admit it. No one wants to admit it. it. Tells you everything. 
Okay. Anything else that anyone wants to say before space dies? Um, oh, I think Safi's got something to say, but he's probably just left his desk. Hmm. Mm, any um any spiritual questions is that you need answering. I can be in meditation mode if you like. Hmm. Um hang on a minute. It's just you sound like quite distressed as a human being and everyone's worried about you. And this this irritability is like a, a restlessness of the soul and something seems to be wrong. You're not accepting this moment as it is. Everyone's worried about you. Yeah. Um it's probably this um this uh this going on Twitter spaces until three in the morning thing. It's probably it's not I'm not very present. I think I need to be more present. Your wife has become increasingly angry at you because of your Twitter habits. And she's feeling that you're veering off your masculine, goal-directed um, mission and has expressed irritability towards you. And your own irritability is a kind of reflection of that because you know in your heart you need to get recentered and focus on making a million bucks. Sears, I got home from work, right? And then uh, my wife and I, we made... Uh, some sort of like butter sugar cookies or some shit. We put those things together, put them in the oven, this, that, and the other thing. And she was like putting like little frosting and little things on there. All the meanwhile, I have you guys in the background, like carrying on. Right. And she's sort of getting used to your fuckery and like chaotic stories. And she's interested in coming to the UK. So she was listening to like all the different renditions and everything. So that's what it is. Ears. You just have to uh, multitask better. Hmm. Maybe, maybe that's true. I think it's uh, a function of, uh, yeah, just not being particularly present and uh, spending too much time either fucking around trying to get my other projects to work or being on Twitter spaces or just doing anything else. We need to go, uh, we need to go on a date. That's what we need to do. Thanks, coach. I'm going to take my wife on a date. Well, you know what the real solution is, is... It's to produce some children. That's the concern. The concern is that you'll fall off the bandwagon, you'll fall off the train tracks, uh, and she won't secure the children from you. You need to be putting a load of children in her, and then she'll be happy because it's like, ah, now my future is secure. Are you sure? Are you sure I should do this? Yeah, I think a dog can buy you like two, three years, but but... After a certain point, a dog can buy you two, three years. A house together can buy you a year or so. But at a certain point, a woman is going to need um, you to produce a child with her to feel safe in a kind of absolute way. Um, otherwise, she'll always feel a level of precariousness and she'll always be overly irritable about the way you might veer off your mission for temporary periods um, and be on Twitter spaces late at night. She can never relax with that because... Anything like that is evidence that you might not be the man who will give her the children. So you need to give her the children and then allow yourself to fuck around. Yeah, but if I if I uh, have like three kids or something, how the fuck am I going to find time to to, uh, to 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 fuck around? Hey, man, it's just more multitasking. 
Hmm. Um, all right. Well, then the kids start messing with your wife and start, you know, like occupying all her time. Now you, then you can get back to like, I don't know, whatever your blockchain projects are, whatever other bullshit you're doing. Right. Got it. Got it. So basically the reason that I need to bring the kids into the, into the picture is so they can distract her and she's too busy to notice that I'm just fucking around. Yes, exactly. Um, I also think they'd probably be cute. Um, they'd be cute and swag. And then if you ever wanted to like let your children like you know be read a bedtime story, but you didn't want to do it because you wanted to like play Minecraft, then you could just put on a Twitter space saying bedtime story with zero Xers children, and we would all read out stories for them. And if anyone weird joined, we would kick them. I think. That's a really nice idea, but um, leaving them on a Twitter space with you guys, I feel like that's probably not the right thing to do as a responsible parent. For example, Lu Quan could start telling stories about his black testicles again and freak him out. And I don't want my children to hear that. Uh, only if the question is brought up uh, from the community, if they come in and ask about my testicles, I'm not going to deny them. Listen, kids spend time on the internet and shit nowadays. Your black testicles is the least of their problems, I think. Exactly. Thank you, Sefi. Thank you. All right. Good. No, no, don't do that. Don't Fair. slap your hands against your thighs and stand up and say right. There's right. An attempt to. There's an attempt to to leave that should be obstructed by us all. I just don't know why she's trying to leave. I just don't understand. I mean... I think it's because he hates it. Yeah, I just well, don't know what caused it. But Bruce, like, the mission is, like, the more someone wants to go away, the more fucked up and weird the storytelling time becomes so that you become so captivated that you can't actually escape, right? He's Because oh. he was about to leave, right? Then we started... I kind of got into the, your priapism problems or epididymitis or whatever the fuck and he's like wait i can't miss this weird story right we all have to be careful we don't speak for more than 30 seconds each because otherwise he'll get bored and leave for me the challenge is like how boring can we make it and make him stay because then it's like he stays despite the fact there's nothing to stay for and that's like just that would lead to an ultimate disappointment in himself He's going to like wake up tired tomorrow and he won't be able to train for the gym and stuff. And he'll think back and think like, Jesus, I didn't even stay up for anything fun. I just stayed up for nothing. And even Bruce was talking about absolutely nothing. I, I stayed up listening to Bruce talk about exactly what he's talking about now for two minutes. And there's no content at all in the, the talking. It's just a series of words that seem to follow each other. And yet I'm still here listening to it and I'm not asserting myself and I'm not leaving. Something must be wrong with my brain. Like my dopamine circuits must be fried because I said I was going to leave like half an hour ago. Like, why am I still listening to Bruce now? I must be nuts. Do you think if Xerox was a fairy, he would be a big bird, like a big Harris bird? <laughs> like, like a boiled chicken. Like he'd be a boiled chicken, but really big. The size of maybe twenty feet long, twenty five feet long. I've never seen a furry with no fur. I've never seen. The size of twenty foot long chicken thing. Is there a reason why uh, you don't just shorten the name to ears instead of this zero X thing? It's like a 
a crypto thing, isn't it? Like the, yeah, oh, I mean, it's, it's like it's like, hey, I'm an insider. I'm like an Ethereum uh, OG. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna have like XBT in my name or some shit to like signify that I was on Bitmax or whatever. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but it's easier to say like ears or something. Yeah. yeah maybe but... just be ears. Maybe I don't know. Well, I don't know. I just remember when you first changed your name, I said ears, and then I got shouted at by all of you. You all shouted at me, and it made me feel really bad. So I learned to always pronounce it fully, <laughs> so I wouldn't get shouted at again. Thank you for respecting my full name. And thank you, Coach, for doing a meta joke about talking about nonsense and continuing to talk. I enjoyed the, the meta joke. Um, I also enjoyed uh, Fluffy's description of a hairless chicken and being a, fl- a furry character as a hairless chicken. That's that's good. I enjoyed that. Citizen and Level 10 Noob, do you have anything else to add? Yes, I, I feel that when uh, Coach Bruce enters his meditation mode, it seems as though he's talking about nothing. And I think this is a... This is a common thing with uh, people who are, you know, in that state. They 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 enter a state of nothingness, and um, it it starts to kind of develop into this kind of uh, hallucinogenic state when you're listening to them talk. Um, you know, you don't know where you are. You're you're kind of in an interdimensional space. And then all of a sudden you arrive at this profound, you know, place and it's amazing and it's, you know, but it's, you just have to get through the, the, the monotony of hairless chickens. And, uh, um, citizen, you know what I want you to do real quick? I want you to do the best gay voice you possibly can. The best gay voice? What? Are you kidding me? Oh my god! All right, very nice. I like it. Yeah. Um, I just feel like Zero X is going to leave now, and it's going to be Citizens Dawnfall. Um, yeah, that was a high, high risk gambit he just did. I didn't like it at all. And by the way, he is right about the content of words of spiritual teachers meaning almost nothing. It's it's well known by them that words are always a cover story. What is actually happening is a transmission that is energetic, and it can be felt in the way your mind shifts when you're listening. Um, and the distinct thing there is that the shift is in your direct experience, but it's certainly beyond the mind. It's a shift in your direct waking moment-to-moment perception that doesn't require any kind of ingestion or analysis or comprehension of the words themselves. The words are just like a Trojan horse, a kind of a, a, a cover story, um, a disguise, a cloak for what is actually happening beneath the surface. Never, never confuse spiritual teachings for being words that you need to memorize. It's not school. It's not academia. It's nothing like that at all. Um, you'll find that the effects are mysterious and almost unbelievable. And you'll find that if you spend two hours with a spiritual teacher and you're listening intently, afterwards you'll remember almost nothing, but there will be a change. You'll be given a gift, but it's not the words. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, level 10 noob, anything to add before the space is killed? Well, 
we managed to do it. We managed to get through everyone. So enjoy yourselves. I'm looking forward to February the 17th. And, um, you, you know, know, as a programmer, you might be able to um, sympathize with what Bruce was explaining there. And it's very, again, uh, there we have, we've arrived at our profound place. You know, maybe your 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 programming, your coding ability it could could shed some light on this uh, phenomenon that Bruce was describing about the illusory nature of variables and words and how they're really just kind of shifting cups. You for... transmission, but it just means nothing. Look, zero axes wants to go to bed. Let him go to bed. Good night, zero axes. Thank, thank you, Fluffy. It's very kind of you. It's very kind of you to stand up to people like Citizen who just want to keep me here and Coach who just wants to keep me here talking about nonsense. No, I don't want to keep you here. I want to, I want to help you go. I've been trying to, it was me who suggested that you go. That was why I was trying to bully you earlier and say your muscles are going to shrink and stuff. To remind you that you need we to just want you to want to stay. The, the whole reason I was talking about your pineal gland having a polyp and your epididymis crushing and having clots in it and all those things is, is because I wanted to remind you to stay on your purpose, you know, because if you listen to these strange dramatic descriptions of the shrinking of your endocrine system and other things, that that's going to be very injurious for your progress and you'll still end up and end up listening to me speaking nonsense for another two minutes. And that's a, a disturbing way to be. Mm. Well, I, I just noticed... I think that uh, a lot comes down to people not understanding and when they hear somebody that can put it in a certain perception uh, that they can understand, it's sometimes soothing. I know that I've personally, uh, I have been listening to music in my ears since I was, you know, uh, nine, ten years old. I didn't really understand anything outside of just listening to music. I thought that's what everybody did. But the second that I came across, you know, lectures and I came across people speaking and interests that I found, it, it was soothing and not necessarily um, from them talking. It was the knowledge that they were talking about because it was something that I was interested in. And, you know, this goes back to a lot of people in today not understanding, you know, there's a lot of different religions and a lot of different different aspects that people or eyes that you can look through to try to understand life in general. But when it really boils down to, and, and I'll say that this is my opinion, uh, but what it really boils down to is experience in itself. And while a lot of people are do have wisdom, is because and they have a an an exterior way of understanding people and situations that they themselves have not necessarily lived through, but they have been able to understand in so many ways. And so, you know, it's just basic people understanding through the life that they live. So we all have situational circumstances that bring. I'm sorry for muting you, third eye. I was enjoying that, but. We said that when Xerox is left, the space would be dead. And he left. He disrespected you. He knew that the space would end, and he knew that we were all listening to you. 
And yet he still chose to leave because he disrespected you. He didn't honor your truth. He didn't honor your, your sincere expression of your soul and all the wonderful things you were saying and the journey you were about to take us on. Why? It's because he hates you and he hates us all because he knew he was the glue that held us all together. And yet he still chose to leave. He knew that. He knew his responsibility as a human being to be the, the lubricant, the mesh, the, the, the force, the cohesive force that held us all together and gave us a joyous time and allowed us to be here in this space listening to you right now, Third Eye. And yet he still chose to leave. And that's the level of hate in his soul. And I'm going to pray for him tonight and um, maybe do a thumb up if you're going to pray for him too. Let's all pray for him. I don't know what's gotten into him. I don't know if it's some kind of demonic possession, but whatever it is, I hope he feels better soon because the way he has acted tonight is sick. And it's probably the most disrespected I have ever seen a group of people be treated in my entire life. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Coach Bruce Wrangler and friends and some bold predictions for the future. For Lunk. To a dollar. Recorded on Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now, with Spark IBC enabled. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions. Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing. All aggressive, insane from all directions. Smoke blows in when I start a session. Plank canvas, blaze up the handlers. Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck. Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush. Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers. Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse. But in the universe, I'm just writing some words. Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs. Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded Another fixed game of try my luck Oh, lighten up, dog. It could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead Or putting in new speakers It's a toss-up Driver or just tweakers Don't stress, yo I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake Off the cutting floor We take a little bit of poison And put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling Less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the box came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble
Faces. Faces.